Good evening, Commandos. Here's Rooster. And Squiggles. And you're listening to the most pirated podcast on the Caribbean. That would be Call of the Crow. Yeah, we got it that time, buddy. Woo! Only five times in. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was only four. I think it was four takes. But yeah, good try. Good try, man. Good game. Might Woo! as well just uh, call yeah, it a yeah, day yeah, and yeah. Uh, head home now. Leave, so, leave while we're ahead, right? Yeah, I mean, if we can't get the opening right, I don't know how the rest of the podcast <laughs> is going to go, if I'm being brutally honest. I mean, it truthfully, it goes back to our true crowing commando roots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure it does. Yeah. Oh, man, so how you been? It's been a minute. We're actually, we are recording this, I believe, the same day you're going to be hearing it due to some uh, weekend issues. Weekend issues. Not really weekend a issues. Work, a lot of working on my part. I just went to a concert, so we couldn't record on Friday. Right. <laughs> so, that happens, but... Yeah. Oh, well, that just means there's not going to be as much editing, and uh, God knows what we're going to get to, because this one has a beast for the news section. Who does it? But uh, man, have we had some good news this yeah, week. Yeah, and then we're going to have a top ten list in the discussion. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be pretty good. We added a quote, right? We did. Awesome. Thank God. <laughs> I'm like, man, did we actually finish what we needed with the extra time? I got, I got there, fail? man. I got there. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, what you been up to? So... Friday, uh, Kayla and I went to this place called Dollar One out in Wooster, where they everything is six dollars. And somebody actually walked out while we were standing in line to get in. Somebody walked out with a Xbox One for six bucks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, every, I like the long pause on that. I'm like, yeah. There's any more to that? They Wait, just they stole it, an I mean, Xbox One. No, or? they it's it's six six dollars for everything. It's kind of like going to digging through different uh, different bins of of this that and the other. And you fi- whatever you find, it's $6 per item. So we found a lot of, like, good Christmas gifts for, for her kids. Uh, her sister, we found a tablet for for 6 bucks with a case and uh, keyboard and, like, all the essentials that you would not need were in that. So it, it was a really nice little find for, for what it was. No, it's cool, man. What about you? What you been <clears throat> up to? Oh, God, it has been a lot... Uh, let's see. We had Park in the hospital. That was exciting. Oh. Yeah, it's some hives. Nothing big. Uh, nothing crazy. They I have no can... idea why. It just yeah, no, we have no idea why. He just had an allergic reaction. So, uh, any parents out there? That's always a good time. Uh, work's been a little crazy. I thought it would calm down after the audit, but uh, nah, not really. I have gotten a shitload of geeky stuff in this week, though. You have, man, and I'm really impressed with a lot of the stuff you've gotten in. Too. Oh my god, dude! So I uh, I watched everything apparently over the weekend. <laughs> Having a sick toddler was great. He kind of took a lot of naps, so I was able to get a lot of shit in this weekend. That sounds awesome. Uh, I was able, I've been able to watch a lot of like Disney Plus stuff. You've been watching a lot of Disney Plus. Uh, define a lot of Disney Plus. I watched The Mandalorian. I haven't watched that yet. Oh my god! Well, how have you not watched The Mandalorian? I want to. It's it's been one of those like I'm gonna sit down. and I watch mean, it's it. already been ruined for you on Facebook. It has, dude. I mean, hey, if you guys aren't watching, Mandalorian's fucking awesome. The end of the first episode has one hell of a reveal. Yeah. So uh, no, nah, man, I'm really into Mandalorian. It's uh, it's like an old space western. Okay. Uh, it's got. I don't want to say like Firefly or. You know, Outlaw Star or Cowboy Bebop kind of feelings, but it kind of has that. It's it's definitely an old western. Gotcha. Like if you're a big fan of like Three Ten to Yuma or like the Dollars trilogy, like for some reason okay. it really makes me think of the Dollars trilogy. Okay. And if you're a big fan of those, I think you'd really enjoy the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. And honestly, even if you're not a big fan of that, like now it's kind of getting. I don't. I don't know where it's going. Like it's so cool because he uh, spoilers. So you know you're gonna be warned. This I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the big cool part. Three, two, one. So he finds like a baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, now I know it's not Yoda because it takes place after, after uh, yeah, after Return of the Jedi. 
So it takes place like five years after that. So we know it's not Yoda itself. So we know it's another tridactyl, which fun fact, I was looking up if we ever had a name for Yoda species. Uh -huh. I didn't think we did. We do not. No. They call them tridactyls because they got three little fingers. Right. And so there's like been like three or four other tridactyls introduced. There's Yoda. There's maybe, Yaddle maybe who's in episode one. I was going to say maybe there's maybe it's Yoda reborn. Uh, you know, that's actually a theory right out there that's like, it's either a clone or it's some sort of like, but it can't be Yoda Reborn because he's 50 years old. So, spoilers, the, the target's 50 years old. So, like, you introduce episode one, the Mandalorian's talking to Carl Weathers, and Carl Weathers is like, hey man, uh, these other dudes got a bounty. So he goes and he talks to these old Imperial, like, I don't know, scientists maybe? Who the mm. fuck knows? And they're like, oh, your target's 50 years old, there's no picture, any of this shit, and it's because it's a fucking baby Yoda dude. Right. So it's a little baby tridactyl. And it is fucking adorable. I have seen the pictures. I didn't realize that was quite the end of the episode, but yeah. I, I uh, yeah, so it's the, well, it's the very end of the first episode, and then the second episode, he's hanging out with it. Okay. So, like, without spoiling too much of the second episode, like, I've already given away the big reveal of the first one. Like, really the big plot twist so far. So without spoiling, like, anything in the second episode, he's just kind of hanging out with this thing throughout the entire second episode. Like, he's trying to do his, like, bounty hunting shit, and it's being fucking adorable. <laughs> uh, it's it's really fucking... I, I'm really into it. The CG actually looks really good. I don't know if it's a puppet or if it's CG or if it's a combination of the two. But I'm, I've am i been really impressed with it. I think Mandalorian looks really good. Ma Mandalorian has been one of those ones where it's like, I want to watch this. I want to sit down and watch this, and I just... I Dude, haven't. they're only 40 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, man. So it's like 80 minutes. Of, it's an hour and 20 minutes of Mandalorian right now. Okay. So I, you could burn it through tonight. I'd recommend. I, probably I mean, will. if you're doing something else, whatever. No, I, 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 I dig I, it. Honestly, I, pro I mostly it's just been because I've been working and I wanted. I knew they didn't have the second episode out, so I kind of want. You know, I like to binge a little bit, so I wanted to to watch the first two episodes together. So, so not doing it that way, so that it's coming out week to week to week. And I think Mandalorian is going to lead all the way up until episode nine comes out on uh, on the twentieth of December. Okay. There is one perk that I kind of forgot about. If you're watching TV week to week, you kind of have to sit there and actually like digest it. Right. You know, there's not more. You're not like you're only blocking like an hour of your life to it. You know, there's not more coming. So it's like, all right. And you kind of give yourself a little more holy to it. Like it, al it also lets you digest it a little more. Exactly. So I have the so I had between Tuesday and Friday to really digest like, oh, man, there's like a little baby Yoda thing. And then I watched Friday and then I, uh, Friday night after the concert because we didn't record. I watched episode two and I was like, holy shit, man, this is fucking cool. And so it's kind of nice. Like, instead of, like, having, like, I don't know, three hours worth of TV to digest or a long-ass movie, I'm just like, cool. Now I'm, like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking more and more, like, oh, yeah, that kind of reminded me of this. Or, oh, man, I totally get this. Or, man, that's totally aping this. Or, hey, where the fuck are they going with it? I mean, I think it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I don't think this is going to be, this isn't, like, Academy Award winning or Emmy Award winning, in, you know, in case of TV. I'm sure it'll get some sort of award because I do think it looks really good. Uh, the acting's a little, a little... It's campy. It's very campy. Uh, right now, Pedro Pascal, uh, the lead, who uh, allegedly he's under the helmet. He, has, he hasn't taken his helmet off yet. Okay. So I don't know if Oberon Martell is, is uh, under that or not and doing everything. Cause, or if he's just voicing it. I have no fucking idea. I suspect he'll lose the helmet eventually. Sure. Because, like, first... Maybe, that, maybe that'll be the last episode of the season. Maybe. I don't know. Like, they definitely foreshadow it a little bit when they're like, you know, Mandalorian never takes his helmet off. All right, so the Mandalorian is totally going to take his fucking helmet off. Right. But, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's just... It, it's a little wooden at times. It's very campy. The effects, I think, look really good. But I think there was one moment in the first episode where he used a flamethrower, and I thought it just looked like fucking garbage. And I mean, fire is hard to do in general, and right. fire on TV is hard to do. But with like Star Wars budget, I guess I just expected a little bit more. I thought the flamethrower was a little like, oh man, that ain't so hot there, buddy. 
I but, mean, that, some sometimes that's theater of the mind too. Where you, I mean, some some of that is just maybe it's this particular space species type of fire. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, fire, fire, fire. I don't really think there's a species to it. There's just hot and hotter. Yeah. But no, I mean, like it's just the way it looked. Like when you watch the episode, like maybe you'll think, it, maybe you think it looks fine. I guess I don't know. I've seen bad fire on like Flash and Arrow, and this just I, it just didn't look good. Did to it me. remind you of like the old Power Rangers when there would be a boom behind? <sighs> no, him and all it of a was sudden... definitely it was fake fire. Okay. Like it definitely looked like fake fire. Maybe it wasn't fake fire, and that's why it looked fucking weird to me. Maybe, but it just it looked off to me. There was just something about, it. and like I said, I mean, I don't want to like let me tell you what was shit, man. Mandalorian shit because of this one frame. Because I mean, this is maybe. Maybe three seconds. Right. So it's not it's not a lot there. No, I mean it's it's a campy fucking show. It's cool. Um I mean, like I said, they say Pedro Pascal is your lead. I I couldn't prove it. I, I hear his voice. I'm like, oh yeah, that's his voice. But for all I know, he sat at a recording studio and just recorded all his lines. Right. He's not exactly a chatty Kathy. I mean, he's a Mandalorian, he's a masked hero. Uh he's not talking a lot. So whoever's under the mask, they don't You know, I, I will say this though. They they're they've there's been shows before where they've done like the main the main character doesn't really speak or you know they've done movies where the main main character doesn't speak and sometimes there's that air of mystery to it. You can do that. Here's the thing: not being able to see an actor's face is hard. Actors emote with their face, right? So now whoever's under there has the, has the they have to emote with their body. They have to. Well, Mandalorians aren't really the Mandalorian isn't overacting like that's right. not the character. So Pedro Castell has to do it with his face or not his face his voice. And there's not a lot to do yet because he's a very stoic, quiet character. Right. So because of this, there's not a lot of personality yet, other than the fact that he doesn't kill the baby Yoda. Spoilers in that aspect. And he kills, uh, I, I mean, he kills indiscriminately, but he won't kill this little baby Yoda, dude. Right. Which is cool. And I, But there's not a lot, as an actor, there's not a lot to go on yet. And there hasn't been a lot to go on. And it's not that that's a bad thing. Like I said, this really is like an old spaghetti western kind of thing. Like the characters are a little two-dimensional. It's, you know, he's a bounty hunter and he's the badass, but he's a softy because he won't kill this thing. Yeah. And it's like, is he not going to kill it because he wants the he wants more reward money? Or does he want, or does is he going to keep it alive? Like, I mean, if I had to, if I had to guess right now, I, I haven't Googled this. I don't know anything about the future of the series. But if I had to guess right now, he is going to almost turn it over. And then he won't. He will somehow get this little baby tridactyl back to wherever its home people are. And we'll probably see like two or three more fucking tridactyls. Right. Like my, that would be my guess right now is that he's going to get it back to wherever he's probably, cause he's part of a bounty hunter guild. And if that doesn't become the full season plot in that he betrays his, uh, I bet you that's full season plot too. He, he betrays the guild. He betrays the guild. He takes a bounty. He doesn't fulfill on it. So now someone's got to come and kill him. <laughs> basically the bounty's been taken out on you because you didn't finish exactly like you, you know he's not gonna the do job. the job uh they showed another mandalorian early in the first episode uh i almost i again if that's the theory i'm almost willing to bet that this mandalorian has some sort of pride it has to be like we have to take out this other man i don't know we'll right. fucking see and like i said don't don't take it like i'm criticizing the show because i mean there's some issues with it of course but overall i really enjoy it right i think that this is some must-see tv right now so every Friday I'll be tuning into Mandalorian. I think, I, you know, I think I probably will too. Like I said, I want to watch this, and I just I just hadn't got around to it yet. Yeah, no, like I said, I really enjoy the Mandalorian. So I'm gonna catch it every Friday night, and we'll uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So have you been watching anything else on Disney Plus though? Uh, not a fucking thing. Oh really? No. Nope. Because I I've been watching uh, Darkwing Duck. I've been watching the X Men cartoon from the '90s. 
saw a couple of old Disney Channel movies. Like I've been watching a lot of early '90s stuff from from when we you know when we were kids. Yeah, I uh, I will get to it. I have it all on my shit, all on my watch list. Uh-huh. I have just uh, I don't know. I've been watching so much other shit. Uh, aside from that, I had to catch up on Watchmen. I was behind a little bit. Okay. So I watched three episodes of Watchmen over the weekend. Uh, it's awesome though because my favorite character Glass is getting a shitload more time. Oh. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling good about his future though. So no, I, uh, no. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm not sure he's not dead yet, but oh man, it, it's not looking fucking good, kids. So that makes me a little nervous because I really like the character. Um. It is so. I'm gonna give some minor spoilers on Watchmen. So uh, cover your ears again. You know, like really Wait, at this point, if you're fucking two, listening to it, right? One. Uh, so Watchmen doesn't take place after the fucking movie. Oh, really? This is not the movie this Watchmen. Is diff- this is a different universe. Well, it's not a different universe. It's the Watchmen universe. Like at the end of it, it's not Doctor Manhattan like in the movie that bombs New York. It's like the graphic novel. Adrian Boyd sends a giant squid into New York. He doesn't bomb like seven other towns. So uh, it turns out that, yeah, so they revealed it at the beginning of this last episode. And I mean, you kind of think you're like, man, there's something weird going on that kind of makes it like it has to be squids. Because like I said, it was like, why is it raining squid in the first episode? Right. Well, that... That's why, man. It seems Adrian Voigt's still setting it up so like they're sending like weird little squid baby shit. There. I don't know, man. It's weird. But yeah, so it is it is set in the Watchmen universe, like the actual comic series, not the fucking movie that they made. That's, so it's not a sequel to the movie. That's kind of awesome actually. Um they're introducing some older Watchmen characters. Uh we've met uh Silk Spectre 2, Lori, okay. and we've met uh Ozymandias. And Dr. Manhattan, we saw in the first episode, kicking it on Mars, doing whatever the fuck he's doing. So it's, I don't know, man. It's its very, it's different. So it's not really, I don't know who the fucking main characters are still. Like, at first I thought it was going to be Sister Knight, the Angela Abrams car- character, but uh, she is not, I, she hasn't been featured the past couple episodes so okay. much. We've been seeing more of like some of the side characters, seeing like what's going on with them, what their universe is going. So it's, it, there's a lot of questions still. And I'm a little nervous. Like I said, the guy who uh, the guy who helped show run Lost, uh, that Lindelof guy, uh, not known for answering things. So I'm like, shit, what's going to happen at the end of this? Right. But we're like, what, five episodes into Watchmen, and I, man, I'm I'm digging it, dude. Like, if you're not watching it, I I really think you should check it out. It it is pretty cool. Um, I mean, other than that, I've been catching uh, My Hero Academia. Yeah. I'm all caught up there. It's been fucking amazing. So speaking of anime. I've been watching Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. All right. Those are two very different series. They are. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Um, I've been watching it on the Funimation app. Apparently, there is a free version of that app where you just have to watch it with commercials. And I'm fine not paying for something and watching a few commercials to watch. Uh, you get some commercials, like but you don't get all you don't get everything that's on Funimation. I know that. I don't know what all you don't get. But it's like there's some shit that's hidden behind the paywall. Right. I think like my new My Hero Academia might be hidden behind the paywall, but I don't know. That may very well be. I I have only watched a little bit of the the free Funimation app just because I, I I mean like three days later the Disney Plus came out and I was trying to dig through that. So, but I I I'm really enjoying what I'm getting on the Funimation app. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, man. Like Funimation is, I love it. I would rather pay for Funimation than Disney Plus. Wow. I there's more shit on there I watch. Like Disney Plus is cool and it's got an entire back catalog of stuff I can enjoy from my childhood, but the Funimation app has a lot of the stuff that I'm watching nowadays. Right. So, I would I would all like I'd much rather pay for that and not have commercials. 
that would make me a lot happier. Like, I mean, if you're if you're into it though, and like you're enjoying it, that's the important thing. Yep. And so it's cool. So you've been watching DBZ. About how far into it are you? Uh, I'm still only at the like I said, I've only watched a little bit. I'm still at the Raddit saga. Like that's like the, two episodes, man. That yeah, it's like five episodes in. Uh, that's as far as I'm. Is really last five episodes? It's at least five because I'm on. Epi- I just finished with episode four. And they hadn't blown him away yet. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, man. I just assumed. I mean, episode one, you kind of meet everyone. Episode two, you meet Raditz. I thought Raditz died in like two episodes. Not well. I, I mean, at least not not in this version. Well, I mean, I don't maybe think... maybe in the uh, edited version, but I he's don't know. he's sticking around for at least. Yeah, six okay. or seven episodes. I mean, I I haven't watched I haven't watched the beginning of Dragon Ball Z in years. Yeah. So I mean, it's been about twenty years probably. So I couldn't fucking tell I will, you. I will say honest. this is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to get the Funimation app was because I wanted to watch Dragon Ball Z. I haven't watched it in years, and it's something I've really wanted to get back to watching. And just now, now I am. Um, I mean, it's plenty. Uh, I can sum up Dragon Ball Z for you pretty well. Goku abandons his family and goes and fights someone. <laughs> So, this is, yeah, welcome to Dragon Ball Z. That is very much Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a big DBZ fan, so I'm happy you're enjoying it. God, it's been a minute since I've checked it out. Oh, man. But Disney Plus, man, it's fucking great. It is. That it very much great. is. They're Automation is great. Disney Plus is great. Hulu's great. Netflix is great. I, streaming is the way to go of the future, man. Yeah, well, the streaming wars, man. Cool. Streaming wars, they have begun. That they have. I don't know, man. Like, people complain. They're like, oh, I'm not going to pay for all of this shit. Well, don't pay for all that shit then. Right. I'll pick up what are they going to do? Peacock and NBC and CBS and all that shit. I don't really have a need to pay to pay for any of that. No. But, like, give me my Disney Plus once my Verizon subscription runs out and give me uh, my Funimation. And I'm pretty, honestly, I'm pretty set right there. Uh, Netflix is great. I like Netflix. I'll need that. Netflix and Hulu are nice because you get, especially Hulu, you get actual shows like updated weekly that doesn't do anything for me if i'm being honest i don't there's not a lot of shows the shows i'm watching aren't really on hulu yeah like i'm watching hbo and i'm watching anime oh man i'll tell you what i'm watching what i'm not watching so did you hear there was a uh, his dark materials show coming out no it's on hbo it's uh set in an alternate world where everyone's soul kind of like exists outside their body and you know gets this little fucking animal companion and you know, there's like all kinds of crazy shit. There's a talking polar bear, and he's like the king of the north and shit. And yeah, you know, his dark materials. They made a movie about a couple years ago called Golden Compass. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they got a series on HBO, and it's uh, terrible. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's not fucking good. So I has I have tried. I tried to watch the first episode twice, and I was like, all right, well, I'll watch the second episode. And dude, I I'm new. Mm-mm. I am not digging it. You know, I think I saw you post about this earlier. Ten minutes in? Yeah, no one's fucking watching it. So, first off, nobody I know is fucking watching the show. Like, people are watching Watchmen, and they're like, holy shit, man, did you fucking see that? I'm right. like, yeah. Nobody I know is fucking watching his dark materials. And I can tell you exactly why. It's fucking terrible. It looks great. The show looks awesome. It's got a great cast. It look and it just, it looks so cool. And I know they've been working on this for a couple of years now. Yeah, they've been fucking... This was supposed to be their Game of Thrones replacement, and they want it to be their Game of Thrones replacement, and it is not not their Game of Thrones replacement. <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. That's terrible. That's awful. Like, I have I have no interest to go back. I Two episodes in, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, oh, no, Roger got kidnapped. Well, I fucking hope he escapes. Spoilers, he does. Don't worry. Like, fucking... <clears throat> You know, it all works out. I saw the Golden Compass, so uh, I know how the fucking first kind of thing goes. And I guess they're changing shit up. I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't read the books either, but I watched the movie, and I'm like, that's a little different. 
Okay. Like I thought I'd be like, oh, I kind of know what's happening. See, I never, I never saw that movie. I never read the books. Ah, the movie was aight. I mean, it was a bit of a flop, but it was aight. It had, looked good. I mean, I so I have real, really no horse in this race. It's just I had nothing at all that I cared about from this this show. Yeah, dude, you don't need a horse in this race. Stay out of the race. Don't even come <laughs> to the race. Stay home. Save your money. It is not a. It is not a good race. And like I, I mean, I really wanted to like it. I really, really wanted to like it because I thought it was going to be so cool. Yeah. And uh, it, I mean, the premise sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I guess the perk is I don't have one more show that I'm fucking watching every week. This is true. So that's an hour of my life I get back with my kid. But oh my god. Yeah, man. His dark materials. I would. I would avoid that shit. Will do. Oh, I got some more Marvel Champions in as well. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I still uh, I'm still playing Spider Man, but I switched over. I can't remember if I talked about it last week or not. You, I'm you using the playing Peter Parker. No, so uh, well, yes. Like you have both sides, so you have an alter ego, and then you flip back and forth between the two of them. What I'm doing now is uh, instead of doing a Justice deck with Spider Man, I'm doing a Protection deck. Oh. Okay. So it just changes up like what kind of card you have in your deck, which card pool is, things like that. And then Aaron showed up, and he was playing with uh, Justice Iron Man deck. Okay. And we... Did we defeat Ultron, or did we lose? I think we lost to Ultron. <coughs> yeah, I think Ultron might have schemed out on us, but I can't remember. Might have beat him. I don't know. It was fun. All I know is it's a great game, man. Card game-wise, uh, Green Goblin's coming up soon. I cannot wait for more of it. Right. And I have talked about it a lot, Every, so I'm not going to go too crazy about it. this game sounds fantastic, so I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to actually sit down and play with you. Yeah, and then we started playing, uh, yeah, we started playing some Arkham Horror LCG, but then that was when Parker had to go to the hospital, so we called that ah, game uh, okay. called that game a little bit early, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, like, you know, you gotta take your kid I to mean, the hospital. Yeah. But unfortunately, we weren't able to finish it out, because it was a murder mystery, and we were like uh, three, we were like probably about two-thirds of the way through the scenario. That, and that sucks, but I'm glad to hear Parker's at least okay. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd much rather Parker be okay. I always laugh, because, you know, in essence, we went to the hospital, and like, we'll just give him some fucking Benadryl and call it a day. Now, any parents out there, of course, I know you guys are like, rookie mistake, you know, wait until it's bad. Well, this was weird. You know, it's like we are, we weren't just going like, we're like, man, this is different. This is something weird. We got to take care of this. And, uh, you know, I always laugh uh, a couple years ago. I mean, it's about four now at this point. I took my cat to the vet because he was acting weird. And it turns out he was just fucking lazy. <laughs> so I spent $200 to run a bunch of tests on my cat to make sure he was healthy. And it's because he went from being a kitten to an adult, and he just he fucking stopped moving. Right. So he went from being like a very active Anubis to a fucking cat loaf. <laughs> so that's why we got Gaia, so we keep him going. So I have no problem spending money to make sure the things that I love are healthy. Right. It's just, I mean, it's like, oh, I'm not looking forward to those hospital bills. Right. Absolutely not. But yeah, other than that, I mean, like I said, I mean, that's I've been I've been so, watching a lot of shit. I've been working a lot. That's. <laughs> That's been my thing. Fuck work, man. All work no. and no play makes Squiggles a dull boy. Hey, I got friends giving off for next week. I'm happy about that. Mm, it's good. You got that. So we should be playing some fun games there. And you're going to be in a parade this weekend. That'll be a good time. That'll be cool. That'll be interesting. And, uh, you know, and maybe. Cold. Uh, Very cold. Luckily, you're off this weekend because we're trying to line up something special for you guys in uh, the podcast. Woo. Yeah. So we don't want to we don't want to spoil too much, if, especially if it doesn't work out. Right. But we might be we might have a guest. Might. Big, big emphasis on the might. And if it all works out, I think uh, it's going to be really cool. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, I forgot one other thing I did this week. Oh, yeah? Um, I'm going to start promoting it now because you'll see it in about two weeks. Um, I went on a, uh, a friend show. Uh, he has a YouTube channel called Woo, That's Hot. That's our good friend, John Hiller. He's running that channel over on YouTube. Woo, That's Hot. Woo, That's Hot. Where they eat uh, hot peppers. Hot peppers suck. 
Well, I was going to say, you uh, you were not a fan of hot stuff. I am not a fan of spicy things, but I said, fuck it, let's do this. It's for our friend. <clears throat> it's for our good good buddy. And without spoiling too much, uh, I went over there to plug our show and to, uh, you know, give him content. And I, uh, oh my God, I so had with a rough that, without go. Without spoiling too much, it was hot? Oh, woo, <laughs> that was hot. I had a rough go. I had a yeah. rough go on it. And then I drank a half gallon of milk. Trying oh. to recover, so I don't know what was worse, honestly, the hot pepper or, or the half, or gallon, the half of gallon of milk that I'm just laying there the first quarter of the oh. Brown Steelers game, oh. like, oh god, I'm dying. <laughs> so uh, you can look forward to seeing. You'll probably start seeing some content. Uh, maybe towards the end of this week, you'll see some outtakes or something from John's channel. And then next week, uh, Sunday, the t- t- December first, I think it should be. Uh, it should be up. Wow. So, yeah, man, you can uh, watch me suffer, watch me plug the channel, plug the podcast a little bit, and we'll see what's happening there. That sounds horrific and awesome at the same time. Uh, I had a really good time. I had a super good time. I was hanging out with a friend. It was doing something different. Uh, it was miserable, but it was super fun all at the same time. Sounds like it. And then, yeah, I think, man, I think that's what I've been up to all week, actually. I think that covers it. Yeah, I think that about covers me, too, which means it's time to move into dun, 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 the news. The news. Do, do, the do, news. Do. News, news. All right, man, we got a crap news, load news. of news. Yes, we do. And I haven't even added in the past couple of days, so no, it's just. No, it's been, it's been a, a heck of a week for, for nerdy news. Yeah, I mean, or either that or we just apparently found it all this week. <laughs> right. So I was like, fuck, man, there's more shit to add. Oh, shit, there's more, more shit, shit to, to add. add. Oh, oh shit. shit, more shit to add. So At one point, I looked at this and went, man, we are actually going to have to cut some shit out. <laughs> like hell we will. Yeah, fuck that noise. We will go through it. We just did a two-hour podcast. I think we'll be okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, just starting off with the bat, with the, uh, <laughs> the first thing, the bat. The bat. Uh, the Batman has found his two-face... All right, all right, all right. If you can't guess from that, Matthew McConaughey has been cast as Two-Face. Honestly, I like this casting. Ah. This is one of those weird ones where I'm like, this will really... You like that casting? It's it's one that will really work or really won't. Either way, it's going to be fantastic to see. Uh, Last time I saw Matthew McConaughey on screen, it was in the Dark Tower as the Man in Black, and it was not good. It's not his (laughs) fault. They gave him terrible writing to work with. That they did. I mean, this is Academy Award winning Matthew McConaughey right here. I, I I don't know, man. Like I think that I can't. I don't know the guy's name, but the guy who played Two Face in the uh, in the Heath Ledger Joker movie. Fuck, what was his name? I don't know who the actor. I don't know was, the actor. But he was fucking great, man. He was. So, so Dark Knight's Joe, uh, Two Face, I think, is probably going to be one of the best. And then you had what? Well, Tommy Lee was the uh, Two Face, the, the super campy Two Face. I like the super campy Two Face though, with like the half suit and the fucking. I think we're going to get a weird mix of the the super serious and the super. Campy. I don't know. I mean, it all depends on where they want to go with this DC extended universe. I, so I don't know where they're going to take it right now because I don't know if this is an Elseworlds or if they're going to count this as like the main continuity. Right. Because there's rumors that Joker is going to tie into this universe and then they'll be able to have an RPAT Batman with Joker. And I mean, the problem is with Two Face, they pretty much say, hey guys, you're not going to get Batman Beyond. Right. Which is sad because I want a Batman Beyond. I want a Michael Keaton Batman Beyond. Absolutely. Batman Beyond the movie would have been phenomenal yeah to watch the shit out of that so i don't think we're gonna get that with the joker casting uh matthew mcconaughey i think will be a fine joker or yeah joker (laughs) uh he'll be a fine two-face i don't think there's gonna be too many issues with it i just i don't know man i just don't think he's gonna really carry the two-face i don't know because matthew mcconaughey is one of those guys that you can kind of plug him into anything and he fits but he's the same actor for everything he very much is like two fit like and this isn't shitting on matthew mcconaughey like the movies i've seen him in and i don't watch a lot of chick flicks like i'm just gonna throw it out there 
he doesn't seem to have a lot of range for this. I mean, he won an Academy Award for Dallas Buyers Club, but I don't think that's the range you're looking for for a Two-Face. Well, I will say I've seen him in um, in in Failure to Launch, and I, I enjoyed that movie, and I thought that was a very decently done like dramatic movie where i mean he wasn't super dramatic but he wasn't his normal all right all right all right really i think i mean i feel like in failure to launch he plays the same kind of just like i don't know like surfer dude adult who just kind of stumbled into a real job yeah maybe i've seen i I mean i've seen a lot of them man i've had girlfriends so yeah i've seen a lot of a lot of matthew mcconaughey (laughs) fool's gold failure to launch uh was it uh how to lose a guy in 10 days and I've watched a lot of Matthew McConaughey. I've also watched fucking uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Where I'm like, all right, you know, he, he he's got he does have range. I just don't know if he has the two phase range. Huh, we'll so see. I guess we'll see. I mean, can he do camp? Hell yeah, he can. You know, it'd be like you know, it'd be real cool if he did. You know, he's got dazed and confused. So I mean, it'd be real cool if you did flip. Be real cool if you didn't bang. Ah well, I don't know, man. If that's how he goes, if we go stoner two phase, that'd be a way <laughs> different fucking take on the character. That it would, but man, it would be interesting. So, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what this Batman movie brings. Again, I mean, we haven't seen anything else. We haven't seen, you know, stage makeup or anything. This is just very preliminary. Matthew McConaughey is Two-Face. Yeah. That's all we know. Oh, man. So, we went uh, over in the DC universe. Let's head over to Marvel, man. Did you uh, you see that Sony and Marvel are supposedly coming to an agreement to uh, sell, sell, sell Spidey back? I saw Marvel is trying to. Yeah, would well, you see what the fucking offer is right now? Five billion. Dollars. That's a billion with a ba ba ba. With a ba 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 billion. Five billion dollars. Now I find this really interesting because do you know how much Marvel? Uh, how much they paid for Marvel? I do not. Four. Four billion. Four billion. So the rights to Spider Man, the movie rights to Spider Man, supposedly are worth one billion dollars more than all of fucking Marvel was to Disney in general. Is Okay, so here here's the next question then. If the rights to Spider-Man, the movie rights to Spider-Man are worth one billion dollars more than the whole entire catalog of Marvel at this point. At that point, is that be is this a a I'm going to be the petty child and I, this is mine, give it back, or is this a legitimate five billion dollar industry? No, this is the mouse wanting their toys back. Okay, it's very clear the mouse wanting their toys back. <laughs> what do you mean, man? Hey, this is the mouse don't, flexing don't their fucking wrong. muscle. Don't don't get me wrong. Spider Man is absolutely a five billion dollar in- industry. Yeah, the movie. Well, then this is just the movies. Yes, Marvel retains the rights to the comics. They retain the rights to fucking the toys, to all that shit. This is just the fucking just the, the movies. movies. So this is in essence just Tom Holland. Which I mean, the last Spider Man movie made a billion fucking dollars. Yep. I think uh, Spider Man Far From Home and Spider Man Homecoming. Together are probably you're probably looking at close to two billion. So I mean the Marvel movies in general. So when Sony bought Marvel, it was just after Iron Man one. Right. Uh, I think Iron Man came out, uh, Hulk came out, and then we didn't even get we didn't even have another one. Iron Man two was already in the pipeline, but there hadn't been another Marvel Studios movie when Sony bought them. I if I'm correct, I might be a little off on that. But when that fucking happened, holy fucking shit, man. Like, can I, God damn, $4 billion then. I mean, that was about 10 years ago. Now the movies themselves are raked in. I mean, I want to say the movies have made 20 billion. Oh, absolutely. Overall. So, I mean, of course it's worth a quarter of those movies. And I mean, you know what the, you know what the toy rights to Spider-Man are worth? 
I know we've had this conversation before. I don't know the updated toy rights version. Of uh, I mean, I can't tell you what like 2019 value is, but I believe it was 17 or 16. We found uh, there was an article we were I was looking at and I was talking and to you about you've it. Shown shown me this article and, and I've used this I've used this conversation between us several times to go listen. Spider Man like Spider Man is the most valuable superhero in the world. Absolutely, like in the toy aisle, Spider Man rules. He is worth one billion dollars alone in toys. Right, and I mean that's Marvel revenue right there. I mean Sony, I'm sure. So- like they've got to deal with Sony so that Sony gets a cut of the toy profit. Like that's why that's one of the things that killed the X Men and hurt the X Men. Right. They couldn't make toys. Uh, that was one of the things. Like Fox was like, you know, hey, we're not going to play with you, Marvel Studios. And they're like, fuck you, you're not making toys anymore. Right. So that's why we stopped seeing X Men toys for Fantastic the movies. Four toys. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. Well, we stopped seeing them for the movies, but then they put them out. Like the movies coming out, they'd be like, hey, look at this old school X Men line. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, fuck yeah, I could use a Juggernaut in the Legends line. Right. That wasn't going to Fox. That was all going to Marvel. Right. And you know, Disney in the end. So Spider-Man rules the fucking toy aisle. And I mean, it's not even close. The next hero was Batman in that when the list I saw. Right. And Batman was was only worth like 550 million. Right. So it was worth half. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's all of Spider-Man and all of Batman. But that means Spider-Man is probably quite literally worth more than all of DC's toy lines combined. Uh, I mean, he is definitely, he is up there. He is worth about as much as at least their big three. Right. Like I would say, if you put uh, again, I don't remember Bat- the numbers. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Let's just let's go the big three. We'll not even include the Justice League. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, if you include those guys, yeah, I mean, Spider Man might be Spider Man's toe to toe with them right there he, when it comes not, to toy if sales. Not, if they're not just barely beating him out, he's definitely toe to toe. Well, also, there's not a lot of toys for Superman and Wonder Woman if there's you look not. at it. So, I mean, Batman's got some Super, toys. Superman, there was for a while because of the the movies. Man, they were okay. Wonder Woman didn't get a lot of toys either for the movie. But yeah, man, fucking Marvel. Like, Spider-Man reigns supreme in the toy aisle, and Spider-Man reigns supreme in just people's hearts. People love Spidey. Like, look at the fucking outroar when they were like, hey, we're taking Spidey away from the MCU. Right. People are fucking furious. Like, hell no, you're not fucking taking Spider-Man. And I think people love Tom Holland also as Spidey for the the fact that he's just a big fanboy himself. And that, that... plays into how people are buying spider-man like i, I mean don't honestly me i don't think that's playing into shit i think it's okay. playing into how people see the movies but don't get me wrong people are gonna go out and buy spider-man no matter what exactly but when they see when you see somebody that is such a big fan that is just as big a fanboy as as you or your kid is you go okay i'm more willing to to go out and buy that well, that toy. I mean, by that logic, with the exception of Tobey Maguire, I would say Andrew Garfield was like all the Spider Men have been that way. Yeah, like Andrew Garfield was a big Spider Man fan. He showed up at Comic Con in a homemade outfit while one year. Right. So I don't think I, I don't think the actor drives the sales as much as you might think they do. Maybe not, but, but I, I think it's just the fact that Spider Man's a very relatable character. There's a lot of cartoons with Spider Man. There's a lot of toys with Spider Man, and everybody knows the Spider Man story. He's and just an average kid who got bit by a spider and became a superhero. He's not a billionaire. He deals with, in uh, Marvel Champions, Spider-Man deal, you know what his fucking obligation is? So every character has an obligation card, which can come uh-huh. up in the deck, and it'll, just, it'll hurt that hero. Uh, you know, fucking Tony Stark has business affair, has, like, you know, business interests. She-Hulk's, like, got a fucking case she's got to run off to do. T'Challa has, like, uh, you know, fucking international affairs. Spider-Man has an eviction notice. Like, that's his card. Like, Spider-Man is such a fucking relatable character in the fact that, like, he gets evicted from his fucking apartment. Right. He fights with his wife over what he should be doing, and, like, he doesn't know what's up. He's a fucking freelance photojournalist. 
Which or, probably you know, he was. is not making a ton of money. Yeah, like I mean, some like modern Spider-Man's like a scientist and he's working for Horizon or Parker Industries, but that's you know, like traditionally Spider-Man's a fucking photojournalist, man. He's really hoping that JJJ likes those fucking pictures. Right. So, and I think like that's one of the things like Spider-Man's like he's just such a relatable fucking character. He's from the you know, he's from Queens, he's fucking poor as shit. And it's like people love Spider-Man, so people relate to that character. And he's just he's fun. He is. Like, I mean, thwip is a fun thing to say. <laughs> that it is. You know, it's way better than like batarang. No, thwip, man. Thwip's a good time. And I like I I mean I'm a Spider-Man guy. I named my kid Parker for God's sake. So I'm I'm in the fucking bag for anything Spidey related. But it's just like, I mean, if they want to know me and I've said this before, I'm not the Spider-Man guy. I don't know why I just never but I respect the character. I respect the fuck out of the character. It's just not my character. I don't know. I, and I don't know why I'm goofy like that. I mean, it's fine to be wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Spider-Man's like one of the most popular comic book, one of the most popular comic book characters in the fucking world. So, you know, it's okay, buddy. But yeah, so if you tell me like Spider-Man's worth $5 billion in the movies, but well, it, fuck yeah. But is, that, so. and that has never been an issue between us because I still respect the character. I respect what the character brings to the table. It's just not my character. I just don't get how you don't like it. What do you mean he's not your character? He's just, I don't know. What's not, what's not yours about Spider-Man? I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I, I What do you not like? What do you not like about Spider-Man? I always you found, got nothing? I always found Spider-Man was really whiny and maybe it was the, the. What do you mean he's whiny? He's fucking got problems. He's getting fucking evicted. Aunt May's sick. She got shot. She's dying. <laughs> What's he whining about? I'm just, I'm curious. Like, I, I'm a Spidey I'm going, guy. I'm going, I'm going back to like the, the, uh, probably the, the mid, mid to late nineties where he just wasn't maybe written as well, especially now as he is now. I've picked up a lot of, well, wasn't modern- even Peter Parker at that point. That was fucking, uh, you had Ben Riley and shit with the clone wars or the clone saga. No, this was, this wasn't the clone saga stuff. This You're was- talking nineties, man. That's nineties. All right. Well, still that, that's like, that's always where my mind went to. And I was like, I just, I don't know that. I was, all, and I know I'm not in the right on this this opinion necessarily, but I mean, you can be is, in the right, man. It's just it, you. you I don't no have, right. I don't really have a reason to back it up either. It's just like I'm just saying, if you want to say Spider Man's whiny or annoying, or you think like that, or you're basing anything off like fucking mid mid to late '90s comics, like go back and read like fucking '80s shit. Go back and read uh, Craven's Last Hunt. Okay. Like uh, you know some Mike Zack shit's fucking fantastic. You know, uh, read around Spider-Man 300 where fucking Venom comes into it. Uh, Spider-Man 252 where he gets the black suit, like that kind of transition. Like, there's some amazing stuff. Uh, go back to uh, 120, uh, what, 123, 124. That's like around the time that uh, J. Jonah's uh, kid comes back from space. Okay. And he becomes fucking, you know, Man-Wolf. And he's got to be, you know, and like he's got such a problem that fucking Jonah, J- Jonah comes to him and goes, I need your fucking help, man. You need to save my kid. Like, that shit's fucking incredible. The introduction of Punisher. The death of Gwen Stacy, man. Like, these are comic touchstone moments for me. Okay. And I just, I, I, I don't understand how you could be like, I don't like, you know, I don't think he's a great. I'm like, man, listen, he's fucking phenomenal. Again, I respect the hell out of the character. It's just, I would rather read other stuff. That was, and I always have. I mean, Spider-Man, I feel like of all the characters that have had, like, status quo changes, Spider-Man's the one. Like he's always like you know he's transient when it comes to like apartments. You've got he was Avenger an Avenger for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had his entire marriage fucking revoked just so he could save Aunt May. I mean, I people don't like it, but I like you know he fucking made a choice in that aspect. That he did. You know his fucking girlfriend got killed, and then you found out later his girlfriend got impregnated by the Green Goblin, had fucking twins and shit. Got fucking weird, but it happened. So I'll take Spidey any day of the fucking week, man. I know you will. 
So, yeah, man, Spidey. Fucking the $5 billion hero. That he is. Uh, speaking of Marvel, man, they're throwing a Christmas party. They are. Yeah. It's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing, uh, it's called, what is it, Marvel Incoming, and it's going to be the, uh, it's going to be a midnight showing, uh, a midnight fucking release, release on Christmas. So yeah. Christmas Day, they're going to, comic shops can open and sell this comic. I don't see that happening. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some will. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know who's coming out and be like, I need this fucking book. But <clears throat> I mean, I get it's a great way to, to promote, but this is a weird choice to make. Uh, it's it's the midnight launch thing. I think people get excited. It's a major holiday and it's supposed to be like, you know, the turning point of Marvel. So, you know, I think you're going to see you see gimmicks like that. That's just how it works. Right. Same way, you know, like DC's kind of got their own kind of gimmicks going on right now. We're like, hey, we're not going to put books out for like two months while we re-rack and get ready for this new season. and like they're taking away all like the three ninety nine regular hero books, and if you want to read like Superman, Wonder Woman, or Batman, like Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, like fucking you know Diana, uh, Diana Prince. Prince. If you want to read them, like those characters, they're gonna be in their black label shit, which is like eight bucks. Whereas you can read like fucking Lucian, uh, fucking Fox, Lucius Fox's son, uh, Lucian or whatever. I don't know, Lucas. I think it's Lucas. Lucas, I think. I'm not a hundred percent. I'll read Batman, but he's gonna be like the new Batman. There's going to be a new, like, Superman and shit. So, right, we'll see. We'll fucking see where that shit's going. But yeah, so you can head out to your local comic shop on Christmas. And, at midnight. Uh, at midnight. And pick up a uh, Marvel that, only let, coming. Let's clarify that. That's December 26th at midnight is releasing. Not Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. December 25th. Yes. You said the 6th. It, that's what the article said, 26th. Yeah, midnight the 26th, but you're going Christmas night. Into so you, the next day, yeah. Yeah, so you're going to be there. You're going to want to be there at 11.55, December 25th. Right. And then it officially releases the 26th. Right. You go at 11.55, the 26th, you fucking missed it by a full day. And there's probably no one living there unless your, com- you know, unless your comic shop fucking has someone that lives at their comic shop. I don't know, man, maybe. My guy lives above it, so yeah. who knows? Uh, let's see, what else we got in the news? My God, there's so much fucking news. Uh, you want to go to Japan? I kind of do. Yeah, man. You want to spend like a buck fifty on a hotel room? That sounds fantastic. Perfect. Uh, they're going to stream everything you do on YouTube. Um, what? So I found this article and I just threw it in there because Japan's like the bucket list trip for me. <laughs> there is a hotel in Japan that will let you. Uh, it's cheap as shit. They found out like it's they 130 just, yen is what it is. Yeah. The 130 yen room cheap as shit uh yes. the only kicker is they're gonna fucking stream everything you do it's a small room there's no place to hide they ask you not to be fucking naked because it's youtube and you, you get a cheap room and you just stay in this fucking youtube fucking room like you can find the stream right now you can click the article and you'll find the stream for that room that you can it's kind of weird uh they don't stream your bathroom you have your own uh well, no it, you don't have your it's, own it's, it's like a, shared things yeah it's a it's a shared, yeah, it's like bathroom, a shared facility shower. Yeah, so, uh, fucking, you know, it's kind of fun. I would do it, honestly. Uh, I think if you're going with some friends, maybe, but, or if you're just going, I don't get, I mean, I'm not, what am I going to fucking do? Like, I'm not going to get naked and just sit there and be like, hey, boys, how you doing? <laughs> well, apparently, it's only video. There is no audio to this, to this stream. Well, it, I think they would get the idea. I'd mouth it pretty loud. 
there, but the, uh, they say there, there's no audio to the stream. That way, they don't have to worry about copyrights on any kind of music or anything. Oh that pops my god, up I'd TV. watch the feed. I'd put on a fucking show for it, man. I'd have a great. You want to watch this live stream, man? Let's do it. Oh, I'd fucking go. It'd be a great time, right? Uh, but yeah, man, just regular hotel room. You're gonna have a fucking little mat. And it's not in a bad. It's from what I read. It's not like a bad no, area. No, it's fine. Of town. It's only the one room. It's not like the entire yeah. hotel is this. Uh, I, I don't. For know whatever you, reason, they couldn't get people to rent out this one room. I think they. I think they just weren't like selling it. Like it's they yeah. just weren't booking. So that room never got booked. So like, fuck it, we'll do this. So it's like room eight, man. So uh, room eight at the one thirty yen. Yeah, man. Check out the show notes if you're interested in uh, if you're in Japan or interested in going to Japan and you want a super cheap hotel room. Honestly, I would do it. So speaking of Japan, the king, the king of monsters, is getting a, a park. Is getting a theme park. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, what's well, is it so much a theme park? Is it's more just a, a land? It's in a well, it it's got some. They're calling it missions. It's got activities that you can do inside Godzilla. It is a full-length Godzilla that they're putting down. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like saying full-length Godzilla, though, it's like, what, full-length Toho Godzilla? Not it like full-length, you know, fucking current Godzilla that we're seeing in King True. of Monsters. But it is, it is, you can <coughs> zip line down inside his mouth. You can, you can, uh, There, there's like a, a first-person shooter where you're either shooting at Godzilla or trying to shoot. That would be my guess is that Godzilla. But it's just the a bunch of different missions that you can go on to save the world from Godzilla or maybe help Godzilla save the world. I don't I don't know. But that that I mean that that is my dream right there. This little this little I'm gonna call it a small theme park, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's I think it's similar to like a Universal Studios where you have like different lands and different adventure areas. Right. So it's like you know you're gonna have a fucking roller coaster through Godzilla and just I mean it looks really cool. The picture of the Godzilla roller coaster looks really fucking nifty. Right. So I, I'm happy. I'm surprised, honestly. Uh, Japan is a place that I just kind of would have assumed that you know because Godzilla's been around since '54. They uh, would have. I, I would have just assumed that Godzilla would have had an amusement park by now or something. <laughs> right. I mean, you can go to fucking, I don't know what prefecture it is, but there's a uh, fucking life-size mobile suit statue. Okay. So I just I would, I just assumed Godzilla probably was already somewhere around Tokyo just stomping around and they had like fucking Godzilla land, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I'm just really surprised that it's not, it wasn't already in existence. Right. So Toho found a place or someone found Toho someone, and was like, hey yeah. man, let's party. So what do so what we do we go and get the the dollar 50 room and then we go to we go to godzilla land i mean i have no idea where the buck 50 room was in relation to godzilla land. i don't either japan's but... a big fucking island just throwing that out there i mean i'm in dude my plan is 2030 i'm going to be in tokyo so not for that like the entire year but like at 2030 i'm taking two weeks and i'm going to be in fucking tokyo and i'm probably going to fucking enjoy some ramen at the base of mount fuji like that's my goal that is my bucket list item Hopefully at that point Parker will be like eleven. No, Parker will be twelve at that point. And he so, can enjoy it as well. Yeah, so I'm really hoping, man. If not, he can stay with his fucking grandparents and I'll go to fucking Tokyo. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Man. That, I mean, no, that just that's fantastic though, because you know me. I'm I I started reading this and I'm sitting there reading it and Kayla's right beside me. She's like, What the fuck are you smiling so hard about, man? I'm like, this is this, this right here. Godzilla theme park. I thought you'd enjoy that, man. That's why I was like, man, this is definitely something I got to get for Squiggles here. And I mean, I'm excited too. I think it looks really fucking cool. So Godzilla's getting a theme park, man. How fucking cool is that? It's just a bigger surprise. He didn't have one sooner. <laughs> man, speaking of movie stars. Yes. We saw the remake or the uh, the redo, the retry of Sonic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Less teeth, uh, more gloves. More eyes. Uh, yeah. Bigger eyes. Not connected, though. It's not like visor eyes. Not right. like a Cyclops still. 
Uh, I mean, he looks like the fucking video game character. He looks like fucking Sonic instead of whatever the nightmare fuel he was before. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I refer to this old one as like the uh, the uh, Meow Sonic or not, but it is, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, people are like, fucking look at this shit. We need to go see this movie because companies listen to us. But I'm like, man, this movie still looks fucking terrible. Yeah. But I, I honestly, so John had a fucking theory, our friend John. And he goes, hey, man, do you think they had this fucking remake already? Is that the Woo-It's Hot John? Woo-It's Hot John. Woo-It's Hot John. Yeah, Hot John. Hot John. We'll call him Hot John. Uh, so anyway, he had a theory that this movie, they already had the right-looking Sonic. Oh, yeah? But they put the shitty-looking Sonic out there first, because then they could be like, okay, oh, no, we're so sorry. We're going to redo it and try to get a bunch of, like, fan appeal. Because now people are going to be like, hey, man, like, I've seen a lot of people, hey, man, we're going to go see this fucking movie because they listened to us and they changed Sonic to make him look like Sonic. And now, like, we got to go see this movie and support it, because then if we do this, then maybe they'll listen to us with other movies. And I'm like, I don't know about that, kids. Like, I just I mean, that's a that's an interesting theory to be to be sure. And yeah, that's, you know, crazy. It'd be like you find a fucking memo. And honestly, honestly right. at that point, you don't even need the whole movie. You need the commercial. Yeah, they just had, like, that's pretty much what he's like. He's like, they just made the fucking trailer with shitty Sonic. Yeah. And I mean, they even cut it, like, it sounds even better because they're not cutting to Gangster's Paradise. I don't remember what song it is this time, but it's not Gangster's fucking Paradise. <laughs> so it's just, it, it feels a little more appropriate. Right. But, yeah, man, fucking, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, it looks fine. I, I don't think it's going to be a great movie. I mean, honestly, when, when's the last time you saw a video game movie that looked fantastic? Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't. I don't know at all. Ever? Mm. Doom, maybe? <laughs> I thought you said looked fantastic. <laughs> Doom looked bad. I, I liked the first person moment in Doom, though. Yeah. Like, when it goes first person, I really enjoyed that. It was just a little bit, and it worked out really well. It was a great, like, fucking throwback to what the games were. Right. And so I was like, okay, that's really fucking cool. Like, I really enjoyed that part of Doom. Um, I've seen that movie twice. I don't remember anything else, but, like, oh, man, I like the first person mode. Right. Like, that's the only fucking thing I remember about that I know. Movie. That, like, literally, that was the first one that came to mind where I was like, that didn't look completely <laughs> shitty when I looked at it. Yeah, well, I don't even remember what the graphics looked like. I just remember, like, whenever it was just like, hey, man, let's put, like, a fucking head cam on the guy and just fucking do it that way. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because then they came out with, like, Hardcore Henry a couple years later. It was, like, first-person mode. I've never so it was seen just, that. that uh, looked, I didn't see it. I just remember the trailer though. for it. I remember seeing the trailer and that looked awful. That's a different way to see a movie. It is. I don't know. I think that like I think that movie they were like, oh yeah, put on like a fucking VR headset and like do it this way and you'll enjoy. I don't know. Well, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see where Sonic goes. Ah, uh, like I said, I'll probably be sitting that one out just because I think it looks a little goofy. I just I didn't think it was going to be a good movie with other Sonic. I don't think new Sonic, like especially if all they did was just change what Sonic looks like. Right. Like, I'm not going to be like, you know, man, he looks like Sonic. So the movie doesn't suck now. Uh, I thought the opening of the trailer kind of looked cool with like the 3D uh, like Sonic world. Yeah. And then he like comes to our world because he's bored of his. I don't fucking know, man. It looks like it's going to be really strange. Confusing. Yeah. Uh, good way to put it for sure. Let's see. Uh, oh, we should have probably talked about this earlier with Disney Plus, oh, but uh, man, it yeah. launched and subsequently crashed hard. Uh, I, I remember a couple of weeks ago we were laughing. You know, it's like there's just a bunch of guys in Epcot one, just shaking just and chain just, smoking. We, we got this, man. man. We got this. And it, oh fuck, if they had it, yeah, they so did not. It does not surprise me in the least that no, Disney Plus crashed. If Iron Fist could crash Netflix, then I was like, man, Disney Plus will not fucking. Uh, I don't want to say not succeed, but they will not sail as well the first day. Right. And I could not. I had an issue. I watched Mandalorian the first day. I did not get it up until I couldn't get it up. (laughs) 
couldn't get it going until uh, midway through the first night. Like I would say, probably what would have been ten ish p.m. for us. I couldn't. I, got Mandalorian I couldn't going. even sign up for it until like noon. Like I was getting ready for work and and like had to keep trying to look at stuff. Yeah, I think I was on my lunch break and I just did all the shit on on uh, Verizon to sign up and yeah. get it. And I, yeah, that worked for me. But yeah, it wasn't until that evening I was able to actually get the Mandalorian going and actually take a while, like watch it. The the weirdest part was it would like crash as you're doing something. So you'd go to click on something. And it would pop up, uh, uh, can't read the content. And you're like, what do you mean you can't read the content? That's like, fun. It's trying to fuck with you, man. Oh, it was. It was hardcore trying to fuck with you. But yeah, so like, I mean, it's just... I mean, they fixed it within like a day, but still, it was... Well, there's was, still some issues people are having. Uh, people don't like the Simpsons on it right now. Really? Well, they. Uh, I think they went widescreen from the 4-3 aspect ratio that Simpsons originally aired in. So you lose some sight gags and people don't like that. Ah. And uh, some shit's not playing in order. Like, if you watch X-Men 92 on there, it's not in the right order, some parts of it. Oh, really? I don't know what parts, because when I took a look, I know that Night of the Sentinels is the first fucking episode, and that's there. And I looked at Wolverine in the X-Men, because I actually think that's the superior X-Men cartoon. And it only got one season, but it all seems to be there. It's like all 24, 25 episodes. was a fantastic series, and it definitely should have got more seasons. Yeah, fucking sh- especially when they tease Apocalypse at the end of the first oh, season. Oh, yeah. So. I, and you know, I personally, I really liked X Men Evolution too. I like what they did, taking them all back to high school. Uh, X Men Evolution was really fun. It came out like when it was, the it, when the Ultimate Comics were so big, so it's like okay, cool. I see yeah. where they're going with it, and I enjoyed it. I, I think it dipped a little bit in the middle of the series for me, but then it came back at the end. I was like, all right, this is fun. And again, when they started bringing Apocalypse back, you're like, okay, I'm hooked again. This is this is fantastic. Yeah, well, that's what I loved about the 92 uh, X-Men series. Was, they would have put Age of Apocalypse in there right around the time that Age of Apocalypse happened in the comics. Yeah. Because that happened in, like, 95, I want to say, 94, 95. Yeah. So, I have the entire run around here one of these days. One of these days, I'm going to sit down and actually reread it again. I've I've got it all in the trades. And uh, I've got trades. There's something special about, like, I have it yeah. all, yeah, like, in just singles. Especially that series, there's something special about the singles. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was... That was actually the first book I ever picked up was Age of Apocalypse, huh? Yep. Age Age of Apocalypse. Technically Age of Apocalypse Volume 2 cuz I didn't realize there was multiple volumes to that that book. Like I said it was the first one I'd ever picked up. That sounds like that'd be confusing. It was. And then I, I started and it started stating previously and I looked on the side and oh there's a 2. Apparently this is not the complete Age of Apocalypse. There's multiple complete Age of Apocalypses. Yeah, I like Age of Apocalypse a lot. They just did a they did a new mini series a couple years ago with Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. It's like they keep saying that that universe is fucking dead, and then they're like, "It's not dead now." Is <laughs> Dark Be- right? Well, Dark Beast and Sugar Man were um, very much uh, part of that universe. Well, yeah, they're from that universe. Yeah, well, and then jumped to our universe. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. So they jumped to the universe, and they're always like, the Age of Apocalypse, the Apocalypse timeline is dead. You know, because it was prevented, and it doesn't exist anymore. Well, then fucking, they always like, oh, it doesn't exist, but then it keeps fucking existing. I don't know, like, you keep going to the fucking Age of Apocalypse, so it's like, all right, I guess it fucking exists. I guess so. You know, it's whenever they want it to exist some more, because they just did uh, three or four years ago. Age of Apocalypse was still there. I think it was Battle of the Gene or whatever it was. I don't know. Battle of the Atom? Yeah, it might have been that. War of the Atom. I think that. I think that's where they closed that series. Maybe it was a little before that. I don't fucking remember that well. There's so many events. and. Well, I, the weird thing about that series, though, was they made Wolverine Apocalypse in that book. 
like he took over apocalypse took over his body or something like that yeah okay weird so okay you're talking the uh age of apocalypse series from like 2012 2013 from that timeline to the fucking other ah fucking the problem with x-men is like they fuck with time they fuck with universes all the time so i've seen this before and especially in um i believe it was marvel 1985 it was a, a graphic novel that came out each team in the marvel universe has their own thing that they deal with avengers tends to deal with space shit um the the negative zone stuff or other four and time shit is always the x-men why is the time shit always the X-Men? That's the that's the question. Because they're always running out of time, I guess. I don't fucking know. I mean, the thing with the X-Men is it never gets fucking better for them. And I love the X-Men. Right. And I mean, if it if X-Men is the, the metaphor for the civil rights that they say it is, then it's terrifying because that it it never gets better. It does. Things never go well for them. Even even in House of M, it was not good. Mm. It was not good for them. Yes. Yeah, no, no. At, at best, it was like people are tolerant, but they are still, because they're the majority now, they're still not liked. There was an uncanny a couple years ago. It had one of the newer characters, Cold Balls, in it. And he's just, he makes Cold Balls. That's his thing. <laughs> and like people loved him for some reason. Like he was like a worldwide celebrity. People were like, Gold Balls, Gold Balls, Gold Balls. <laughs> and they were totally into him. And then like it came out, he was a mutant. And people were like, fuck you, gold boss, you fucking suck. And he went from me like a fucking viral celebrity to like fucking garbage. And I was like, Jesus Christ, X-Men. Damn. And like, like I said, it's, it's never good for them. It's never fucking, yeah, people love us. It's always fucking, oh my God, everything's fucking garbage. It's, and the world fucking the hates us. The best for the X-Men is people tolerate us. Yeah. Like that is really the best the X-Men ever see is people tolerate us. Yeah, man. And it's like, it's just, it's always so fucking bleak. It's always like, we've only got each other, nobody right. else. Right. And it's just so fucking bleak. And I, I, I honestly, I'm done. I, I'm done with the X-Men for now. Uh, they just did House of X and Powers of X. And I, I did not go on the adventure because I, it, the fucking Powers of X is going to be about how the fucking, uh, spoilers, uh, Moira McTaggart is a fucking X-Men, is an actual mutant and her power is she fucking dies. And so, like, when she dies, she just fucking comes back to life, and she knows all the shit she learned. So, like, her power is, like, so she keeps reliving different times and doing all the shit, and so she'll, like, do one thing, and she'll see, like, oh, that didn't work out, and so she'll be like, oh, Charles, this is my power, I'm gonna die now, and then she'll restart, and she'll change the fuck. It's like, Jesus, Q, man. And so, like, it's just, it's always fucking with time. And, like, I never really thought about it until I think they did all-new X-Men, where they brought the original five X-Men, you know, oh, Angel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, and, and those, Iceman. And those five completely changed from what they were. Yeah, they all got fucking crazy and shit, and they brought that, like I said, they brought them into the future, and Iceman's like, holy shit, I'm gay, and it's like, I feel like this is something you'd fucking know about yourself there, Bobby right. Drake. But whatever. <laughs> fucking all this shit like it just it goes fucking apeshit insane and then like it's so fucking nuts that they sit fucking beast down and like beast dude and they have a fucking intervention with him yeah and they're like you can't fuck with time man and it's like that like it happened so fucking often in the x-men books that they had to have an actual intervention to be like hey man can you not fuck with time and then they're like well, oh. I, okay so in the series i was talking about the the age of apocalypse series beast actually meets up with dark beast and has to work with him for a minute and when, when he does, when that happen? I don't remember that too well. Maybe it was a different 
series. But either way, at one point, Beast meets up with the Dark Beast. And Dark Beast still looks like Dark Beast. He looks like the Gorilla Man. Oh, yeah, well... Beast looks like the lion version that he, that he was yeah, running well, with Yeah, well, because it was after he evolved into the fucking... It was Beast was dying, and he evolved and, into whatever Beast evolved into. Right, and... and and so that would have been after, because Beast evolved into whatever he evolved into after, and uh, I think Marvel now. Okay. Well, Dark, Dark Beast looked at him and went, and they said, I was the mad scientist. You won't stop experimenting on yourself, will you? Yeah, I believe that. And I, that, like, literally, that's the line, is you just can't, you don't know when to stop, do you? No, I fucking believe that shit was, because it doesn't look like Beast. Right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to remember more, man, because I was uh, I read that Age of Apocalypse run. It was right. It was coming out when I just got back into comics back in 12. So I was like, I'm trying to remember. Was it was it Rachel? I believe Hope? so. I believe it was Rachel. one of them got like stuck Hope, in yeah. that fucking universe or some shit like that. It got stuck in the Age of Apocalypse timeline. It, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Rachel because it wasn't. It, I, I don't think Hope was around just yeah. yet. So Rachel Gray. Yeah. Or Rachel Summers. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it was. I don't know, man. It's been a minute. I haven't read that series in a fucking while. Like I said, she comes back to the regular timeline. Yeah, because then like she's hey, teams up with, like Hercules and Dazzler and shit, and it's like some weird fucking team ups and yeah, shit gets fucking weird. Of course, I don't, I like the X Men overall. I really like the X Men. I'm just man, they're like in timeout right now when it comes to my pull list. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm fucking sick of trying to figure out like what they, the they've fuck time is traveled happening. so much they traveled out of your pull list. Yeah, well it's like you have <laughs> issues that would just do weird shit, and it's like Marvel now started having that big. For me, it had a big problem, and that it just started getting fucking weird. Well, and then you also start getting you start having the the Batman issue, where I've always said Batman. I don't like to read a lot of Batman. You have to read fifteen books to get one story. You have to read 15 separate series to get one story from Batman. You know, I'll tell you what I did like. I like Batman Eternal. <laughs> I haven't read that one. No, man, it was cool. Heard, it was, uh, it was, like was, 50, good, it was a 52-issue thing. You know, it was every but, week you got a new issue. But you know what I mean. I like, like that. But when you, when you have to pick up 10, 15 different titles to get one series. Yeah, no, that's what I liked about it. I didn't have to worry about that and shit. So I remember I was trying, I was reading Bat titles, but not Batman. Right. And I was like, what the shit is going on in this fucking universe? Right. Because I didn't really care, because again, like Bruce Wayne, I'm like, yeah, you do whatever, Bats. Like, he's never been a big title for me. He's never been a big go-getter. Like, I think the only time Batman's ever on my list is when he crosses over with shit that I care about. Right. Like, uh, when uh, Rebirth happened, it was Flash and Batman for the button. That the one, Bitten. That one was a good series. I like that. It was Lentacular, man. It was the first crossover. The first event of the DC Rebirth universe. Right. And it was only four issues. Yeah. It was two Flash, two Batman. It was like issue 20, 22, 20, 21, 20, 22, 21, 20, 22, something like that. 22, 24, maybe. I don't remember. Some, somewhere around the 20s. Yeah, it was in the, I think it was the beginning of the 20s. So um, that was right after, uh, it was right after Rebirth. Yeah, it was like 22, 23, maybe 21, 22. So it was early 20s. I know it was a couple much. months after Rebirth came out. I just remember that much because they're trying to explain some shit. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they finished explaining that shit. Because I, I think, think Doomsday so. Clock is still happening. So I will, I will just enjoy my Watchmen TV series <laughs> instead of trying to watch any of that shit. Right. Oh, man. Oh, God. There's still more news. There's so much so news. Much news. So uh, much news. Now we're going to Kickstarter, though, a little bit. This is kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah, I thought we'd bring up some Kickstarters that look kind of cool and, you know, just throw them in the news section. I, I don't know, man. Maybe you guys want to go out and back them. I, I hey, backed. Good luck for you. I think I backed all three of these, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, don't tell my wife. <laughs> so we'll find out. She listens shut to this. up. <laughs> yeah, I know I'll just completely ignore everything. Uh, no, but uh, let's see. The first thing is um, it's a Christmas campaign. It's going to be a Christmas Carol adventure. 
And I, um, I'm going to give a quick overview here because we might have more on that in the future. Right. So long story short, this is uh, Christmas Carol has been done as a 5e campaign supplement for five to seven level characters. Uh, it looks super cool. Uh, there are some maps, a story. Uh, it's all 3D. It's all uh, files that you could like print yourself. And if you have a 3D printer, you can make the minis or you just use whatever minis you have. Uh, it's from a company called Verge Games, and I'm I'm pretty excited for it if I'm being honest. From what I what what I saw on this Kickstarter, and I didn't dive too deep into it, but from what I saw, it looks fan looks very good. It looks very <coughs> well written, I'll say. I think so too. I think the can I think the value is definitely there. Uh, the guy who's running it, his name is Josiah. I've been in contact with him a little bit. He seems really cool. Like I said, so I might have a little bit. I'm definitely gonna have more to say about this in the future. But let's hold off uh, talking about it too much right now. Uh, okay. But just know that you can go find that on Kickstarter right now. I believe it's funded. Uh, they, uh, I think the next kick, I think the next stretch goal as of this recording is they will get uh, pre-gen characters, which I'm really excited about because I want to run this for a Christmas campaign for our friends. That would be fun. So I think that'd be a really good time. So yeah, man, uh, Christmas Carol Adventure, Five uh, I think yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. Check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, next one is from Board Game Tables. So it's not a board game table. Surprise! They're actually in the publishing industry as well. Uh, they've got a couple games out right now. QE, uh, fucking On Tour. This one's going to be called uh, Loot of Lima. Loot of Lima. And it is a, uh, it's a pirate deduction game in essence. So there's a popular game out right now called Treasure Island. <coughs> and the way that game works is someone plays Long John Silver, he hides treasure, and you're trying to find it. Loot of Lima is a little sleuth-like in that aspect, in the fact that you're trying to find treasure. There's like 20-some spaces that could have treasure, and you're trying to deduce what treasure is, where the treasure is. So and everyone's different treasure in different spaces. Yeah, so there's two spaces that are going to have treasure. Each player is going to have uh, tokens that'll say where the tre like where the treasure's not. So like, let's say I would have, uh, let's just you know say I would have. Slots one and seven and squiggles would have five and 21. So we would know that, you know, one, seven, five, 21, there is no treasure in those spots, but I don't know what squiggles has and he doesn't know what I have. So the way we're going to fucking figure it out is we're going to ask different questions. There's going to be different ways. Like you roll some dice. You'll ask me like, you know, uh, how many do you have in this direction? And maybe you find out, I don't know, squiggles has uh, two in like Northeast. Like, all right. You know, and then you're just trying to deduce until you finally figure out, or what you think is the two that are missing. When you figure that out, you can say, I think I know. Circle it on your pad of paper or, you, you know, however it's going to be. Open up the envelope and be like, ah, shit, I lost. Or be like, fuck yeah, I won you pieces of shit. I get all the treasure. So I, I think it looks really fucking cool. Honestly, yeah, the video for this one looked very, very fun. Uh, I like that they said there will be a lot of confused looks. Side effects may include confused looks and a lot of what the fuck. <laughs> So that's how those kind of games work. These deduction games are uh, very how similar. How does this help me? Like I know playing from playing Sleuth so many times, people are just like, what the shit? Yes. Or like you'll think you'll have something and then someone will give you a piece of information. You'll be like, that's impossible. They can't have that. I know this. But then like, you'll actually see the token or whatever it is. And you'll be like, I, oh my God, I have, oh no. And you'll realize where your mistake is. And then you're like, I'm so far behind now. So then you're trying to catch up and you're trying, then you get even gutsier. And oh my God, I love playing social deduction games in that aspect. And so I think that Loot of Lima is going to be a really cool Kickstarter. It, uh, it does look like a good time, for sure. So it says it's going to be shipping towards, uh, I think, July of next year. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, that's around Gen Con season. So I'm kind of hoping they'll have uh, Gen Con pickup and I can just get it at Gen Con next year. That'd be cool. But we'll see. 
Um, at the very least, I'm going to get to play it next year at Gen Con, so whee! Uh, and then finally, this one, uh, you're going to hear a little bit more about its uh, pre, uh, not prequel, but the game that it's a uh, spiritual successor to Takedo later. This is called Namaji. Namiji? Namaji. It is, uh, it's based on a, you know, feudal Japan, like 17th, 18th century. And it is a spiritual successor to the game Takedo. Uh, Takedo is a beautiful game where you're traveling along the Eastern Sea Road in Japan from old Kyoto to Tokyo. Um, and it's called the Takedo Road. And in that game, uh, it's got a really cool mechanic where the player in last place always goes first. So if you're in last place, you can make different stops, whatever's open. And then as soon as you pass another player, that player becomes the next player to go. Right. And you do this until you get to, um, you know, hotels along the way and you eat. And then at the end, you kind of compare your journey. So it's who has the best journey. So in that aspect. Who goes on the best vacation? Yeah, really. I mean, I remember this game came out in 2012. I didn't get a shot at trying it out until uh, 2014, probably. And then I didn't own it until 2016. Okay. Uh, big fan of Takedo. Like I said, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, this new one, this new one, uh, Nameji, is going to be your fisherman, and it's going to be who can make the best catch and who can like catch with line and who can catch with nets. And it's going to be like, what kind of food are you catching? And you know, uh, you can are make you getting, offerings. Are you getting fish? Are you getting crabs? Yeah, it's like what shrimp. You, yeah, you know, it's like uh, you know, what kind of offerings are you sending? There'll be like a whirlpool, and there'll be these little tokens that are like little like just paper boats that you're sending off and. I, it looks gorgeous. Uh, the cool thing with this Kickstarter is it's going to be a deluxe version, so it's going to be like beautiful hand-sculpted painted minis. You're going to have uh, this interchangeable board. There's going to be a bunch of different minis that come with it, so each ship will have probably different powers, much like regular Takedo has. And then you'll have, you know, you probably, Takedo is you get two characters and you pick one. This one will have, you know, probably the same thing. You'll have these different abilities with your ship. And it's just, it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous little game. I have five player boards that you can, you can use yep. two to five players. Uh, you know, you're making the same offerings and I just, I'm, I'm very excited. Kaido is one of the most peaceful games. I know it's the kind of game you can bust out, sit down and just everyone just kind of like, ah. it's a great game, especially after you played like a hard game, like say uh, TI, you play TI and then you can play like an hour of Tokaido and just be relaxed. I mean, for the record, after I play fucking 12 hours of TI, I don't want to play Takedo. I this just want to true. go home. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually in my home. But no, it is definitely a game. If you're going to play something hardcore, but you like you like that palate cleanser at the end of the night, Takedo's that. Or if everyone's just kind of had a rough week, um, we like to throw on traditional Japanese music when we play it. And um, really set the like I said, I mean, we keep talking Takedo, but it's like, you know, the Kickstarter, it's, it looks so similar and it looks so different at the same time. Yep. Um, I had a chance to see this in action. I didn't get to play it, but I had a chance to see it at Gen Con last year or this year, I guess. And I, I cannot wait. I like, I fucking backed this as soon as it became live. And by the time I got to it, uh, it had already funded like 200%. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, people are excited about this. It is going to be a fantastic game. Fun Forge knows what they're doing. And I know that Namaji is going to be an amazing game. That it will. Uh, and with that, we have one more piece of news, man. Harley fucking Quinn. Harley fucking Quinn. So if you guys haven't had a chance to see it yet, there's a Red Band trailer out there for the new Harley Quinn TV series coming on uh, DC, DC Universe. Universe. And holy fucking shit, does it look great. Woo! So yeah, she swears a lot. Uh, a lot. It is definitely for adults. It will not be for the chitlins. Uh, it is. She is voiced by uh, Kaylee Cuoco, uh, Penny from Big Bang Theory for all mm -hmm. those fans out there. 
and it looks like it's going to be really good. I, I, I will say this. I, I picked up on that voice right away, but I, at the same time, I went, this is a good voice for Harley Quinn. Yeah, man. I actually, I think it works really well. Um, I would have, uh, I think I'd have liked to see a Tara Strong. Sure. But I'll take, I'll take Patty, man. She looks really cool. It, it, it sounds so good. And they're, they're just in, the, you see like four or five different costume changes for Harley in just the trailer. Yeah, you'll see traditional, you'll see that kind of like sluttier, suicide, like new Suicide one. Squad. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, it looks like she's, you know, going to maybe getting down and dirty with Ivy. Maybe they're friends. I don't know. Like, you know, are they going to have that lesbian relationship that they sometimes have in the comics? Or, maybe. Uh, it seems what's going to be happening in this, though, is she's trying to get in the League of Villains. Like, Joker's in there. She broke up with Joker. She's pissed off. Like, at one point, she's like, you know, talking to Batman. He's like, you've gone too far, Quinn. She's like, bye, Bats. See ya. Boom. And it looks. And she's in the Batmobile when having this conversation. Yeah, man, she steals the Batmobile. Uh, At Lex which Luth point, that's where uh, Batman goes. You've gone too fucking far. Yeah, man, I'm I'm very excited for this shit, for this series. I think it looks really cool. It does, uh, and it's premiering actually at the end of the month. So hopefully. Uh whatever podcast after Thanksgiving so two weeks theoretically we'll be able to talk about this a little bit because there's another streaming service I wasn't planning to get but now I'm no. like alright yep. I'm, I'm on board for this one so I mean Watchmen should be coming to an end so I guess I'll have, need something to watch <laughs> I, I'm I don't know man this looks cool I'm not normally what? a Harley Quinn guy but I'm like fuck yeah let's go well, and it's not just Harley like she's putting together the team of the worst villains ever so you have from what I saw it's like Dr. Psycho Clayface um there was someone else in there too, and I, it's not coming to me. But it's it's like the guys nobody wants to hire and nobody wants to work with. She's like, I'm gonna take those fuckers and I'm gonna make it make the fucking League of Villains look at me. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think it's gonna be really cool. Looks fantastic, and it looks really well drawn. The yeah, I think so. It looks the, like it's animated the very well. Animation is very very good. Well, I think the one thing that you could say is production value on DC Universe so far has been very high. Uh, Titans is supposed to have a really high production value. Doom Patrol has a high production value. Young Justice is on there. It's got great production value. So I think it's coming in a long line of shows that it's like, you know, it's it's got a, a good pedigree right now from that DC universe, DC online. So I, and I think that if it stays true to the character and if it has fun with it, which it looks like it's going to have, I think it's got a place because one of the things that I always say DC has over Marvel is I think DC can have more fun. Right. Marvel has always felt to me more serious. Like Marvel's felt more realistic, so, like, the characters, while they have fun, they have to be, they're they're more super serious about what's happening, about the and universe around they them. They also seem more grounded in the universe around them. Yeah, and, like, this one, like, you can have this crazy, wacky character that hits people with mallets and has hyenas for pets, and her best fucking friend, Literally baby girlfriend, is, like, a plant lady. a pimp jacket and the hyenas on leashes. Yeah, so, like, this is something that you can just have a lot of just fun with. Yeah. And it looks like whoever took over the show, I don't know who is leading it or show running or anything, but it looks like whoever put this show out there and greenlit it, they understand, hey, let's have some fun with the DC universe. Right. Because even, like, Titans is so serious. Like, you know, like, I, I think the first episode of Titans, like, Robin's like, fuck Batman. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wow, this is where we're going with this. <laughs> All right there. Okay, then. All right there, big guy. And then this one is just, like, it just looks so playful. Like, it's definitely not for kids, but I think it's going to be a very playful, enjoyable series. And I feel that whoever has this has captured Harley very well. And, uh, I mean, it's almost, right, just watching that really makes me think of the Amanda Connor uh, books right now. So, we'll see, man. Harley fucking Quinn. Harley fucking, man, who would have thought? Who would have fucking thought that that's the series that I'd be like, man, you know what I really need? That's the one bringing I thought Young Justice was going to bring me, but it's uh, it's Harley Quinn. Harley fucking Quinn. So, upside, I'm going to I'm gonna binge the shit out of Young Justice when I get the chance. 
because I can't wait to watch season three of that. So that brings us... Oh, uh, that's heading into discussion. So uh, let's just dive right into our uh, top sure. 10 tabletop games. Uh, let's go number 10 and just kind of work our way up. Okay. Uh, 10 super easy. It's a fucking crossover for both of us. That it is. Uh, it's Kaido. So Kaido, we talked about it a little bit already. Yeah, a lot of it, I think. A lot of it. Like I said, Kaido is just, it's a very peaceful game. So There's a lot of strategy, I think, to it. Art. And I think it's tricksy kind of strategy. Yeah, but it's, and it's, but it's also got that beautiful, peaceful art. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it feels like a kind of like taking a, a vacation where you're, you know, you're only playing for an hour, but man, it feels like you're playing for a couple of days trying to figure out what you're doing. And it, it feels fantastic to play this game. Oh, I agree. Uh, Takedo's great because I don't, I've never played Takedo and thought, man, I need to be cutthroat. Right. Like, I, I need to fucking do this. I need to fuck this person. It's always if like, I, I, you never play and go, if I do this, this person will definitely lose. You, you play and you go, if I do this, I may not get this part. So I may not want to do that because I may be able to do this later. Yeah, it's definitely one that is never, like I said, and I think it's a great, great, uh, great gateway game. That it uh, it's one that I've always, it's in my go bag whenever I have new people playing the hobby, whenever I have people, you know, that haven't played a lot. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Even uh, John's uh, honeymoon, uh, not honeymoon, bachelor party a couple weeks ago. Like, Takeda was definitely in there. Like, Takeda was definitely people. in the the, the uh, discussion for sure. And I almost wish we had pulled that out, and st- but there was too many God, people. It's just so fun. Yeah. So, yeah, man, Takeda. Love it, man. Our number 10. Uh, uh, you want to go number nine first? Sure. I, I will say the uh, DC Deck Builder is my number nine. DC Deck Builder? All right. Um, it is, <clears> it's one of those ones I always enjoy when we pull out, and it, it's always, it's, it was one for a while that because of our work schedules, you and I would just play in the, in the middle of the night when you had a night We didn't get a lot of DC Deck Builder. In. Be- and it was just because it, you could easily play it with two people. Um, it, it's just a fun little fun little game there's plenty of expansions out there that you can add to it too. there are there's more coming all the time yep that there is the problem i i like dc deck builder i really do the big issue i have with it is i don't know it's just it always feels very unbalanced to me and i mean like deck builders like you know it's like oh what cards come out like what can i get and then what do i draw in that aspect but every time we've played it i'm always like man this just feels like one of us is just fucking curb stomping the other yep so I've just I've always had that problem with DZ Deck Builder because it is a great game. It's fun. It, it's, it doesn't feel that much like that though when you've got th- three or four people playing it. It doesn't. Quite, it definitely feels better with multiple people. Yes. When you it definitely does feel a little one sided when you're playing two. So. But still, it still feels like a good game because it also feels like there at any point you can you can try and make that turn to to start being the one stomping instead of getting stomped. I see. I mean, definitely. Like towards the end of one, you're like you're you're just drawing so many fucking cards. Right. But eh, you know, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. I'll give it to you. It's a good choice. Uh, my number nine is Century Spice Road. Uh, I'm game. sticking with the gateway games. Uh, Century Spice Road, though, is one of my favorites. You can play it. That uh, says 45 minutes. Most of the time, our games last 20 to 25. I love it because it's so simple to teach. It is. I have been able to teach this game to damn near. I, I don't think anyone's ever had a problem playing this game. Huh. It takes maybe two rounds before you're like, okay, I've got this. Yeah, a couple times in, people are like, okay, cool, I fucking know what's happening. Uh, it's super easy to score at the end of it. Uh, it's simple enough to carry. Uh, one of the things I love, uh, the series itself, is it's the first of a trilogy. And then that game, it, you can play it uh, separate or combine it with the, other, the two. other two games. And this, there's so many combinations for Century Spice Road. 
Uh, Spice Road is my favorite of the trilogy, though. Uh, it also has a really cool alternate art edition called Gollum Edition, which just, I think it looks fucking better. Yeah. So if I was going just for art alone, which I've considered, I would buy the Gollum Edition because it just, it looks so much fucking better than the regular Century Spice Road. Uh, just because it's like Gollums and it's like an anime kind of art. Like right. this art in Century Spice Road, it's like, yeah, it's like trading on the Mediterranean. But the game itself, like, it's all about, like, it's building, uh, it's a hand-building uh, engine kind of thing. So you're getting cards that will let you turn green cubes into brown cubes, which turn into, you want to turn into red cubes, which, which you turn into yellow, yellow, which turn back to green, which turn, and then you're trying to fulfill trade contracts in essence. And it, it doesn't, on paper, it doesn't sound like a game that would be such a hit. But just playing it, it's just you get it's, one action, you do your action, it goes to the next person. There's it, it, so little downtime. And it's definitely one of those ones where once you play it, once you understand it, once you sit down and actually see what you're doing, it makes so much more sense and it's so much fun mm -hmm. than trying to just trying to explain it. Because the first time you tried to explain it to me, I was like, this sounds like horseshit boring stuff and then we sat down and play i was like this is fantastic oh my god it's so game. good and i almost put it on my list but i it, i mean so many of our lists is going to be matching yeah once you get so far into it the it's once you get people that really know how to play it's, it's just fucking silent oh yeah like you're just sitting there you're like all right they're doing this because you have to pay attention to who has it's, what spices and like should i go for this card or i think i can beat them and like trying to figure out like how like okay did they had this you, you motherfucker Fucker. Oh man, Century that's Spice usually, That's so usually good. the the when what you start hearing. You component quality too, man. Great center, uh, great center like insert. Cool little cups. Great fucking game. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is Eldritch Horror. It's in the Arkham File series. Uh, Eldritch Horror is kind of uh, it used to be the mid level game, the mid tier game between Elder Sign and Arkham Horror. Okay. Uh, Eldritch Horror now is kind of a it's kind of a beastly game, especially with uh, the launch of Arkham Horror Third Edition. Uh, Eldritch Horror is very bogged down in how many expansions it has and how many how much there's in the game. Right. You can't play with you. You literally can't play with everything. Uh, if you wanted to play with everything, you would have uh, deck stacks that are the size of like a Dagwood, like from the cartoons. Nice. So it, it, at this point, it's just it's very bloated. So you have to select. Okay, cool. I'm going to play with this expansion or with these cards or doing this. And it, it's a great game. It really is. And it's my favorite. It's a uh, Unlike Arkham Horror, it is very, which is centered on the city of Arkham. Uh, Elder Tour is set across the world, so you, your character can travel from like San Francisco to like uh, Shanghai and do this and get different aspects, and you can like take an expedition to Antarctica or an expedition to the moon and shit like that. <clears throat> and it's just, I, it's got that great Cthulhu mythos. There's so many characters. Uh, it is where I was introduced to so many of the, um, the Arkham Horror characters. And it was kind of like me cutting my teeth on like the Fantasy Flight Cthulhu Mythos. Because that was the first game that uh, my friend Aaron introduced us to for the Cthulhu Mythos. So from there, really like it kind of reignited. I knew who Lovecraft was. It kind of reignited that love of that like Lovecraftian kind of horror. Right. So, and it's, it really is a fantastic introduction into the Cthulhu Mythos as well. Like you're saying, it's I mean, I've played it a couple times with you guys. It's. It's a great little, like, we're going to sit down, we're going to play for a while, it's going to be a tough one, but there's always, <clears throat> there. I think the chance to win on that one is more than the chance to lose. Oh man, I don't know, sometimes it feels, oh, sometimes it feels like the cards were stacked against us from the very beginning, that, uh, you yeah, know, it's like getting clues and <clears throat> you're traveling the world, I I love it, I will I will play Elder Chore anytime. Yeah. All right, man, what you got for number eight? For number eight, I've got Millennium Blades. Uh, I've only really played this once, and that's because Aaron owns it. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see this one on your list, if I'm being honest. Uh, I really enjoyed <clears> playing <throat> this, though. I would love to play it again, 
it's just not one. It's it's a because I'm I'm kind of just starting to get into actually collecting, so it's still kind of expensive on the on the collecting end. Oh uh, yeah, Millennium Blades is probably running about a hundred bucks if I had to guess. There's a right. lot to it. So, but with that being said, I love the the we're gonna have this this uh, card tournament. And we're going to simulate everything. Like, I really enjoyed the one or maybe two games that we played that night. Yeah, Millennium Blades is a cool one. So uh, if you're not familiar, it is a CCG simulator. So the way it works is all the expansions for the game would be new card packs, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And you're getting different cards and you're building these real decks. Yes. So you have five minutes to build your deck. You're spending all your money. You're doing all this shit. You're getting the best card you can for this like eight, ten card deck. I can't remember how many it is. And then you are going to be playing your cards. Yes. So then you go into a tournament, you play your cards, and whoever has the most score at the end of it, they win. And they're going to get, like, promo cards, which they can put in their next deck, and or they can sell, and they can collect, and you're getting points. So then there's this, like, tournament in the game, and then there's this, like, meta side where it's, like, collecting, and you're trying to get more cards and draw cards, and it's all, like, everything's uh, phased down, so you don't know what you're going to get, so it simulates that booster pack. You could spend all your money and get shit, or you could spend a dollar and get, like, something really cool. Right. Uh, you could sell cards to the shop and get money there. And like I said, you could sell the promos and make more money. It's it's a fascinating, really. It's an, man, like when they say a CCG simulator, they really have it down. It yeah. really has that CCG feel it to really it. Feel, like to me, this felt like going back to middle school, going into a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament and figuring out, okay, I want this card, this card, this card, and this card. Can I, and then going in and playing and seeing if you can make it work. I believe that. I Yeah, man, because it really, uh, it definitely... Strikes that nostalgia fucking chord for me. Right. So Which it, is a big part of the reason it, it It's a great up. game. It's a massive setup, though, because it you're is. trying, you have to pick what set you're going to play with and then shuffle it all together and try to shuffle it right. And there are so many cards in that game that you'll probably never fucking see. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. I mean, you get points all the way from shit like your fucking deck box that you're using for your cards, uh, which is a card itself. Because you get like card supplies, like card sleeves and deck boxes, all the way through to like what kind of cards you have in your collection. That's how you get bonus points there. So it's like there's so many different ways. Like it's, it simulates the hobby really well in such a weird little way that I never thought you'd want a CCG simulator. But after you play it, you're like, oh, yeah, actually, this this needs to exist. This is such a cool little system. Yeah. And it, it like you said, it's a great little system. And it's perfectly <clears throat> aligned with what you're doing in the real world. All right, man, what you got for uh, number seven? For number seven, Mysterium. Ooh, good choice, good choice. I love Mysterium. Uh, I I mean, we had maybe the one bad experience. I've never really had a truly bad experience with Mysterium. So you're going to have that once in a while, I think, where it's just like it just doesn't land. If right. people don't understand what you're doing, which is what happened to a couple of them, it's just not going to land with Mysterium. Right. Uh, I love Mysterium. It was definitely on my, it was shortlisted for this. Uh, it's not on my list, but I did shortlist Mysterium. Uh, yeah, it was it was on it was one of the first ones I put in. It's just I knew it was towards the bottom of my list a little bit, but mm. yeah, I I love sitting there. I love playing. I think I played the ghost once. I love getting cards and going, "What the fuck are you doing to me here?" Oh, it's so great. So the way Mysterium works is one player plays the ghost, uh, everyone else plays psychics, and they're trying to deduce who killed the ghost, and uh, you know who did it, where did they do it, and what they do it with, and. It's fucking insane because, like, okay, the ghost gives them visions, but sometimes the visions are, like, a rat king talking to his rat army, or sometimes it's, like, fucking, um, I don't know, uh, a, a red knight. balloon. Yeah, a red balloon that's surrounded by knights, or a knight in a fucking hourglass that's getting buried in sand. And, you know, be like, oh, well, this ties to this guy because there's a sword, and you have to try, or, like, the color palette kind of matches. 
And it's such an interesting little game, and it's it's fun. I always seem to play it with new people. You do. Uh, this is a game that somehow always comes out when there's people at the table I don't know. And I tend to be the ghost because I'm one of the stronger players at the table. And so I'm like, okay, Chuck, you be the ghost, and then we'll just we'll try to lead them through the fucking investigation side of things. Right. And it's always like, well, are they going to fucking get that I'm into colors, or do I need to go really, like, broad? Uh, you know, really, you really, really specific. And it's like, you never know. So it's like the first couple times, you're like, well, what are they focusing on? Okay, cool, they see this. And the and, weird thing, like, the last time we played, you and I could not make that connection. For whatever reason, we've been friends for five years. I could not make the connection. Yeah, man, we were we had a rough go on that one. That was a weird night. Oh, yeah, we, we had a rough fucking go. I mean, it, and, like, it depends on what kind of state of mind that the, the players are in, too. Because if the ghost gives you something that normally you would connect, like you were doing with me... For whatever reason, I was in a different state of mind that night, and I just wasn't getting there. Yeah, definitely not a game I would play tired. No. <laughs> so no. I think that's what we were doing, too. Hi, right, man. Mysterium, you're number seven. Uh, my number seven is Marvel Legendary. Okay. So you have DC Deck Builder. I'm going with the Marvel Deck Builder. And again, this this almost landed on mine. Uh, um, I think uh, it's from Upper Deck, and I think it is a I think it's a far superior version. And the fact that I feel like there's more modular, like there, there's more to it. Right. You're plugging in, you're, you're, there's replayability. It's not just I'm shuffling everything together and hoping for a different draw from this. Uh, so you take it, you pick five different heroes. Uh, I have like 15 expansions. So when you pick five heroes, it's a hard choice. I have a lot of heroes. You pick a villain, uh, you pick a bunch of villain cards to go against, and it's just, you know, and then you just, you fight. You pick a scheme as, for the villain as well. So it's very... It's very big setup in that aspect. You got to get a whole bunch of cards out, shuffle them all together, fucking get going. And it's, oh my God, I love playing Marvel Legendary. I mean, it's at least a 10 minute setup, but it's Oh worth it. God, it's way more than 10 minutes, buddy. I said at least. Oh yeah. Well, On you the core pack, it's a, a 10 minute setup. Oh, no way, man. It's so much more than that. I would say uh, to get everything going, everything shuffled up where you want it to be, you're probably fucking, you're probably spending 20, 25 minutes. Okay. Like, it's a big setup because you got to get, get the board out. You have to decide exactly what you're doing, what your scheme is, get everything going. And then if you want to just shuffle your cards, because you got to sit there and shuffle and shuffle and shuffle and shuffle. And I would, it takes a minute because then no one can decide what heroes they want to be. And oh my God, I fucking, I love Legendary though. Yeah. Uh, it's got one mode that I don't enjoy in that there's victory points on all the cards. So that if the heroes win, you're supposed to be like, who's the best hero? And I don't like playing that. And I don't know anyone that does. Right. It's it's especially that game. It's better to play everybody versus the villain instead. Exactly. Of, like, it's never been like, oh, I hope they don't kill that because I want to get those victory points. It just doesn't feel appropriate for the setting. No. Oh, but it's so good. Like, it, you know, you have a bunch of shield agents to start with for your starting deck. And then like those shield agents are becoming fucking regular. Oh, it's so cool, man. Uh, you get a bunch of Maria Hills. It's like, you know, your fucking extra support. It's, right. It's a great game. It is. It's a fantastic little game. It's a fucking, it's so fun. Uh, my number six, uh, back to the Arkham Files. Uh, I'm going with Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. I love this game. This uh, is a fantastic game. Yeah, I say 2nd Edition. 1st Edition's good, but 1st Edition has two things that suck. Uh, you talk about fucking setup. First edition's like the kind of game you set up before everyone gets to your house. Yeah. It takes fucking forever. And you need to have someone as the keeper. So somebody is playing. So it's you versus your friends. And with Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, it took all of that onto your phone. So setup's pretty quick. And then the phone's the bad guy. So you never have to play against your friends unless you're playing the specific setting where you either you are a betrayer or you get an insanity card where you have to like kill your friend in this square and win. Right. So and that does happen. 
but oh, it's so good. And the phone tells you everything. So it's the only real app-based game that I have in my collection. It plays through the phone. It tells you what tiles delay. It tells you where the story is. It tells you what's popping up and where it's popping up. Uh, you know, it's like there's no way to really modify that. And it's such a fucking cool experience that uh, like app games were kind of big a couple years ago and they seem to have fallen off a little bit. But Fantasy Flight's really doing, really putting the effort out there. Right. So I really enjoy what they're doing with Mansions of Madness. And they seem they seem to try and be continually updating the uh, the the queue on different expansions that come out. Yeah, there's definitely there's expansions that are coming out, and then there's DLC for the where you can just play different adventures that are like they, you don't need expansion cards or boards to play. Um, what I really enjoy is that as you add things to it. So like if you get a couple expansions. You go back and you play an earlier model, you might see a fucking thing pop up from the newer expansions. Right. So it's always kind of changing. Like, there's one that I've played where there's an FBI agent, and sometimes he's dead and you find his body, and other times you find the FBI agent and he becomes an ally that can help you. Okay. So it's so fucking, like, it's so there's replayability to everything. I, um, God, I, I could play Mansions of Madness all the time. It's such great, and it's so much shit to it. It's a toolbox yeah. game, I like to call it. Because I have an actual toolbox game. Yeah, I have but everything it's so in awesome. a toolbox. It is so awesome. It is such a great game. Oh man, so good. All right, man. What you got for number six? For number six, I've got Fury of Dracula. Ooh, good choice. Good choice. I I love this hidden mo movement game. Uh, I actually really enjoy the hidden movement games um, more so than a lot of other games sometimes. But I, I enjoy both sides of it too. Like I enjoy trying to find Dracula. I enjoy trying to fight Dracula. I enjoy trying to to take out the the uh, investigators or the the paranormal whatever you call them, but <laughs> vampire hunters. Vampire hunters. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love Fury of Dracula. It is a game that is set in the Van Helsing Dracula world. You uh, Dracula is running across Europe, fucking creating new vampires. And if you're Dracula, you're trying to obviously create as many vampires as possible. And if you are the vampire hunters, you are trying to kill all the vampires and not allow Dracula and find Dracula and stake him before he can get 21 influence points and win the game. Right. Uh, Gameplay is in a couple hours. Uh, there's a cool combat mechanic to it. It's a little rock, paper, scissors. It's like this card beats this card. This card beats this card. Uh, it's just, oh, there's so much to it. And it's always like Dracula has cards that allow him to fucking hide in the same place a couple turns or like try to get out of a jam by like running around as a wolf. But he takes damage and. It's it's a, it's, a cool, it's a fantastic little you know hidden movement game that you're you're just gonna sit and play for a couple hours and be like I get to be Dracula. I oh, mean, oh yeah, I love I love playing it. One of the best things is when you when you can outfox your friends. Uh huh. Like if you get that moment where you they convinced you're Dracula and they're convinced you're going one way and you're fucking hightailing it across like Eastern Europe instead of Western. Oh man, it's so fucking fun. And then it takes them like. Four more rounds to find you again, and then they're starting to get screwed because of the time frame. Yeah, so then you know they gotta start gambling. And, oh, it's so good. Uh, nothing worse with Dracula than when they find you early in the game. Yeah, because then you're like, oh shit. So that is a man. That's a great fucking game. It is. Let's so see. number five, uh, some more crossover. It looks like it does. Uh, Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium. <clears throat> uh, so I put three, four. Um, because the I've played third edition, I played fourth edition. I think I've only played fourth edition. You uh you played both. You played both times we played, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So you played three and four. Oh, I didn't realize there was okay. Yep. Aaron has three and I have four. Okay. Uh third edition is gonna be a little bit longer. Supposedly fourth edition is a little more streamlined. That's the one where you don't go into Senate until someone takes Mechatol Rex in the center of the board. Right. 
Uh, I love playing Twilight Imperium. It is a big, chunky, meaty fucking game. It takes, we always laugh about a quick game because it would take probably, oh. I would take six to nine hours to play a full game of Twilight Imperium. Right. Twilight, uh, Twilight Imperium is the one where we go, okay, a month from now, we want to play Twilight. Yeah. Who's available? The thing I love about it is the fact that you are, you're, you're creating a space army and you're going through all this technology and like you're, you're moving through the fucking galaxy and like, Sometimes your opponents can see you fucking sending this huge fucking horde of like just war mata their way and there's nothing they can do about it. Yep. And it's like, oh man, it's but such then a... You go, then you go to Senate and you're like, okay, this is happening. They are sending this war armada towards me. I'm willing to make a deal with you to help get them off my back. Yeah, you can make deals where people will fucking attack the enemy for you, or sometimes Senate cards come up. Uh, you'll play agendas in Senate, which maybe the agenda will be, uh, you know, it'll outlaw certain technology, which won't let an opponent use war suns, or it'll be galactic truce, and, you know, you won't be allowed to uh, place fucking, uh, you know, like, take it worlds, or any, you know, or attack enemies, or whatever. And it's such a fun little game in that aspect. Little, <laughs> and oh, it's just it's so There's cool. Nothing little about yeah, that game. No, and it's so cool because it's just it. It's a four X game. You know, you expand, you explore, fucking exterminate. It's so fucking just. Oh man, like playing that game. It's like when you say epic games, I would say Twilight Imperium is probably one of the most epic, if not the most epic of all the games out there. I, yeah, I would have to definitely agree. And like I said, it's it's one where we literally plan like a month ahead of, ahead of time. Like you bring bring food. You, you plan to be there for like six to 12 hours. You, you, you know, you, you it's a planned out night. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it's takes a, a minute. all day game that you're like, okay, we're going to start at noon and hopefully we'll be finished by midnight. Yeah. It takes a fucking minute to play TI, but it's fantastic in that, in that aspect because you go, okay, now we are actually going to play and we sat down, we plan to play. We're going to play. And man, is it a fun game to play? Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Oh, uh, let's see. Number four. Uh, you want to go? You want me to go? Who's going? Uh, I'll go. It. I, I'm. I went with uh, King of Tokyo on this one. Good choice. A little Yahtzee esque. Little. Little bit. Uh, I. I mean, I love my giant monsters, and this is about as close to a, a true giant <coughs> monster simulator that you could get. Uh, you. You know, you punch, you you heal, or you uh, you you move around a little bit, but for the most part, you either punch or you heal, and that. I mean, you can buy some energy stuff that'll that'll power you up a little bit but for the most part you're just attacking or attacking the city i like king of tokyo it's definitely that pressure luck kind of game yeah and it's it's a fucking great time man it's a little yahtzee mechanic where it's just you roll three times you see what you get and then you're either you're taking tokyo you're attacking whoever's in tokyo whoever's not in tokyo it's it's a fucking great time yep uh my number four i went champions of midgard great game uh, i love champions of midgard i will say uh, i think the base game is good it is fucking fantastic but uh, the expansion you is... have to get Valhalla and Dark Mountains. I will never not play Champions without those two. Right. Uh, because once your Vikings die, uh, when you have Valhalla expansion, you get Chits, which you can trade in for other things. And Dark Mountains just adds a little bit more adventure. So there's more things you can go up there and kill. It's a different dice type as well. You get the Archer. So I love it. It's from Gray Fox Games. Came out a couple years ago. Uh, their sequel to it, uh, Reavers of Midgard, just came out. I haven't had a chance to get that to the table yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, dude, Champions of Midgard's fucking great. Uh, I've been playing it about two or three years now, I'd say. 
And it is it is one of my favorites. I can't wait to get it to the table every time. It's one of those games where I could probably play it every game night and just be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's got a little bit of a Euro style game to it where it's like, you know, it's a worker placement. And you're like, okay, I'm going to put my worker here and get these things. But then it's also got that kind of Ameritrash, like, I'm going to roll a bunch of dice and I'm going to hope for the best. I'm going to hope I kill these monsters. Fuck the ogres up. Fuck the trolls oh, up. It's so cool, Love man. It. Oh. It's so fucking fun. Uh, you and know, you get to pretend to be Vikings. Oh, man. I have, I have so much shit for that game. I keep buying all the promos, so... <laughs> And I mean, I will continue buying the promos for Champions. You got good. the uh, you got the neoprene mat for it too, mm -hmm. didn't you? Because yeah, that, I got, that is a fucking big ass mat. Yeah, I've got the mat. So instead of having like a board, you actually play out. Uh, it's got the uh, Valhalla and uh, fucking Dark Mountain, Dark Mountain fucking expansion to it already. So that way, it's got everything you need, and it's got the fucking tracker around. So you know, I love it, dude. I fucking love it. Uh, I can't recommend Champions of Midgard to anybody enough. Champions is a great game. Oh it's, my god, it's so good. Uh, my number three is uh, Letters from Whitechapel. Letters from Whitechapel is another hidden movement game. It is a Jack the Ripper style game in that one player plays Jack and the other players play investigators. Mm -hmm. Unlike Fury of Dracula, you there's no combat to it. If you find Jack, you win. Right. Um, or Jack loses. Uh, again, it's another game where the only problem, the honestly, the only issue I would say is that playing Jack has to be an experienced player. Because if it's not, if you don't have an experienced player playing Jack, it's a rough go. Well, and, and like I got to play Jack, and I was I'm still fairly inexperienced when it comes to stuff like that. When I had played him, mm -hmm. I I did okay. I got to about the last body part, I believe, before I was caught, and then it was starting to get like surrounded, and I had maybe two moves that I could make, and it was does he do this or does he not? The big problem with I think one of the biggest concerns is because I remember we played the time where you made a mistake and you're you're counting and it's like shit because that'll throw the entire game off. Right. So the way it works is the investigators move by squares and Jack will move by numbers, and if you mess up where your hideout is or where you're hiding, then the entire game is in trouble because the investigators are finding a trail of clues or they're arresting a certain number. So. They, they have to be able to deduce where Jack is based on where he wasn't, if that makes sense. Right. And, you know, Jack has to, like, double back, and uh, it's it's uh, he can get extra time if he's willing to wait, because then the, uh, the wretched pawns will move around, and he'll get an extra turn, but then the cops get to pick where the wretched pawns, which are prostitutes, which are his victims, they'll get to move them around, and the cops know where the fucking cops are, and Jack doesn't. So it is... There's a you know there's a little pressure luck in that like well do I want to gamble and go this far and I mean it bit me in the ass once like there's a double murder and I just I fucked up and I just I waited too long I was like there's no way to win there's no fucking way to win mm -hmm. and it's kind of the same you know it's it's a great game it uh, is like I said it's all just it's all fucking theater of the mind of that aspect like who can outsmart who and I love playing that game game is a fantastic little game number three for me is kind of on the strange side for us agreed. It's Clue. <coughs> uh, this get a Clue is to me the the starter to the serious game because this it, it is granted it is a kids game but it is a game where you go okay I have to figure this out I have to know who did this I have to I have to it's a very technical type of game for being a kids game and even though it is a a kids game it's a fantastic I'm gonna figure this out and figure out where I want to go and it's a game you could get. You could get experienced players like us to play and still have a good time with inexperienced players and go, okay, I know what this is. Maybe you can show me some other stuff. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I have some problems with Clue. I mean, it's nothing knocking it. Like, I'm sure I'll play enough of Clue with Parker one day. 
But I feel I I feel Mysterium really fucking scratches the clue kind of bitch a little bit. I I agree. Uh, you know, it's like I just. I mean, I get where you're going. It's a deduction game where it's like, okay, cool. I'm taking these and I'm knowing this. And I mean, to an extent, it kind of talks. It, it's very similar to that, like, uh, Loot of Lima that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't know if there's enough there for a meteor gamer to really get into. I guess I haven't played Clue in years, if I'm being honest. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it. Like, I can't sit here and tell you you're listening like, wrong. Like, Clue, Clue, Clue's one of those games where if it popped up once in a while I would be happy to play it. Now it's probably not something I want to play every time like say Champions of Midgard but mm-hmm. it, it is definitely something when you go hey let's play Clue and you got some inexperienced players at the table you go hmm. okay you know I can get behind that. I mean, it, like, it's not it's not fucking Monopoly where you're like no fuck this shit. It's it's you know it's a decent enough game where you, you have maybe an experienced player and then you have that experienced player go okay we played this let's try this. It's a great gateway game. I don't know man I don't feel I'm going to respectfully disagree with that. I don't think Clue is a gateway game. Clue is a game... Like, for me, gateway games are games that I think are going to lead people into the hobby. Right. I don't think Clue is a game that's leading people down the rabbit hole into uh, into fucking Twilight Imperium eventually. I think Clue is of the... you know. So when you look at hobby board gaming, Clue is a game that... I think it stands out from, like, you know, the fucking... The Monopolies and the fucking Saris. Parcheesy, and I do think like I do think it stands out in that aspect. It's got a deduction aspect to it, which is fun. And I think that there's a lot of things that make. I, I do think there's some. I definitely think that there's like you know, Clue would be a game that if I had to play one of those, I would be like, okay, let's play some fucking Clue. But I I don't feel like Clue is the kind of game that's going to drag people to Gen Con eventually. I don't right. think it's going to get. So I don't I don't know if I could call it a gateway game. And it's not because it's, you know, it's it's a children's game, because there are children's games that I think people would really enjoy. Um, I mean, there's Ticket to Ride as a children's is uh, you know, considered uh, you can get it for kids. Uh, there's Junior for it. Um, you know, there's there's other crazy little kids games that you can get that are like, you know, hardcore gamers are like, oh, like ABBA makes a lot of fun shit. Uh, you know, dexterity games like Happy Salmon and fucking uh like Rhino Heroes. So it's not that it's a children's game that I think is something that we couldn't get in. I just Glue just, I feel like, you know, either, I, I feel like Mysterium's that is filling that niche that Clue does for the gateway game. I And I, I kind of agree, but at the same time I go, okay, you've played Clue, let's play the next step up. Let's play Mysterium. Let's <sighs> play, let's get into some deeper stuff that I think you might enjoy because you, you know, it's not, it's... Well, I guess the question, I mean, if that's the aspect, and like I said, I mean, it's your list. Like, I'm not right. sitting here like, you're fucking wrong, Squiggles. It's just, if you want to call it a gateway game, I don't know if I could say a gateway game... Like, you know, it's a gateway to another gateway. Yeah. Like, I, I, and like, I mean, like I said, and like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I played Clue with somebody. I don't know if that person then goes, like, I, I always think like, okay, I have a gateway game. I'm going from this and then I'm going to go into uh small world. I don't know. Yeah. Like something like that. Uh, maybe an unlock or a dice forge or a terror below or, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know if Clue's that game that's going to go from like, I don't know if I'm going to go from Clue to a roll and write or Clue to... Right. I, I, just, I don't know. And I understand that. I get that. Like, I I just... I, I don't know, man. I'm, just, I'm trying to think of, like, the situation that I would bust. That if I was like, okay, you know, I'd have this game and I'd have another game. So... And like I said, I mean, I, I feel bad because I feel like I'm sitting here shitting on your pick. It's... I, and I don't even feel like it's that. It's just... It's a disagreement on the pick. It's... Because you're not saying mm-hmm. it's a terrible game. It's just not... No, I mean, it's fine. Like, I mean, you could tell me your fucking number one game is Monopoly and I'd be like, well, that's your fucking choice, Fuck man. That like, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, Going back to their conspiracy theorist friend, huh? Yeah, you know, it's like... I mean, that would be, you know, it's your fucking choice. Like, no. you know, I, I don't think it's right. 
And same way, it's like, and you know, I, I don't think it's a good, I don't think it'd be a good, like, top 10 board game. Right. Like, Joy would be like, well, okay, Squigs, like, that's what you love. But it's like, I just, ah, oh, man, I just, call and clue a maybe, gateway game. Okay, maybe it's a nostalgia factor for me, too, because this was a was game, fine. this was a game I loved to play as a kid, and it would, you know, it was one that, as I got older, it would still hit the, hit the table once in a while. Dude, there's no problem with that. I mean, there's shit that Parker's gonna fucking touch and play with and do. Like, I'm like, well, this is fucking shit I had as a kid. Like, Darkwing Duck, he's gonna fucking play with. And Green Army guys, he's gonna fucking play with. So, it's like, the nostalgia factor's totally there. And like I said, like, I respect the fact, like, it's just like, in my set, like, I'm just sitting here like, man, a fucking gateway, a clue. Like, I just, I don't, I, man, I just, I'm having a hard time seeing clue leading even into a ticket to ride or something else. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, man, fucking party on. If it works, like, if you have a group that fucking Clue leads them to the fucking promised land of uh, modern board gaming, fucking party on. Like, you know, I'm happy for them. And like I said, you could do way fucking worse. Like, there are definitely games out there that I would, like, I'm not a big party game fan out there. That's, you know, where it's like, right. you know, people are like, oh, like, there's fun party games, like, code names I really enjoy. Uh, Chameleon looks really cool. My buddy Brakes was talking about it. That sounds really cool. for that one. But like, you know, so it's like, you know, but then there's like Quelf and there's a lot of party games out there that'd be like, man, I'd rather fucking kill myself yeah, than play this fucking game. So I think you could do a lot worse than playing Clue. So, all right, Clue number three, man. Did I get my number three? You was did. That, uh, uh, that was your letter. Letters from White Chip. So all right, man. For number two, for me, uh, Disney Villainous. I don't disagree with this one. I love this game. I uh, love the expansions for this game. I, I love getting in and being able to sit... And, you know, it's everyone against everyone, but you're kind of playing against yourself for the most part. Uh, you're playing to do your own thing. I like Villainous. Uh, I could see it as a gateway game. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely a game I could see if you were playing, uh, you could bring Disney fans into. Yes. Um, I think that, like, my sister-in-law, who doesn't really play the hardcore games, I think she would enjoy... I think she... Uh, actually, I got her Disney Villainous for Christmas last year. So I think she would definitely enjoy this game. Uh, I, I don't know if she's played it. I'll have to check and find out. But it's definitely the game that I could see. Um, I enjoy it. Like, you're playing your own kind of game. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. You get to interact with each other with the Fate decks. Right. Um, you know, you're trying... The hero decks and the, the you know, whatever. But. Yeah, and everyone's kind of got their own, like, objective that fits the, you know, that fits the fucking story. Right. Like, Jafar is trying to fucking, you know... He's got to take down the genie, hypnotize the genie, uh, move the lamp. He's got, you know... Whereas you have Prince John, who just is collecting as much money Yeah, he's just he trying can. to get money. You know, he wants to get, like, 20 coins, and if he gets 20 coins, he wins. And fucking Ursula is trying to get the fucking Triton and all the way fucking... And know, as, Triton all the way down. As different as that sounds. So you, ha you have someone like Jafar who's got, like, five or six steps until he wins. Mm -hmm. And you have Prince John who's just got to collect 20 coins. It sounds really unbalanced, but... It's it. We've found every time we played, we're all within maybe two turns of winning our winning that game, every time. So it, it's as unbalanced as some of it sounds. It's really well balanced that it's a race to the finish. Well, definitely, I'll, I'll definitely say that it is a great. It's asymmetric, but it plays very well. Um, I do think you can always tell like it. it it's got that fuck you kind of mechanic to oh, it. Oh yeah. Where it's like you know you have the fate decks, and uh, if you play with multiple players, it's better because then you can't. Every turn you can't get hammered, so that's very that part's very nice. And every like every villain has a different play style. Like um, fucking Maleficent's trying to put curses down and like curse the land. King John, like you said, John's trying to fucking make money. But in order to do so, he has to get people out, <coughs> which cost him a lot of money. Like his his villains, I think, cost a little bit more than most of the other ones because that's how they balanced him out. And like I said, I really appreciate that part of the game, and I think it's really like I think it's a fun game to play. 
Uh, it's definitely a game where I think you can get Disney fans on board with the idea of board gaming. Right. Uh, it's definitely one like um, I always like to laugh that Target's selling great board games nowadays. Yeah. So it's one of those Walmart's ones. Walmart's selling that one now. Yeah, too. man. You can pick it up. Like you can go out and you could have a great board game night with that for like twenty five bucks. So I'd recommend Disney Villainous to anyone actually. I want to play. I haven't gotten the chance yet. I want. I want to play with the the expansion that I got because it's got Hades. I want to play as Hades. I want to play as Doctor Facilier. Like it, it, the expansions that are coming out for it have fantastic villains, and I want to see the the different play styles on them. Yeah, and they keep coming out with more expansions, which I think is really cool for it. It's like three uh, three heroes or three villains, three sorry, villains. and then they're kind of extract token, extra yeah, abstract Ex- tokens, and yeah. it's kind of like it's cool. I really enjoy it. Uh, let's see. My number two, uh, we've kind of talked about it at length, but uh, Fury of Dracula 3, man. I love it. Uh, there's four editions of Fury of Dracula out there. We played the third edition. Fourth edition's pretty fucking similar to uh, third edition. Second edition had a terrible power called Teleport, and oh, uh, Dracula would just go awful. from one side of the board to the other. It would sucked. So third edition balanced that out, took that away. And I love it. Like we said, you're moving around. (laughs) Yeah, man. You're moving around Europe. You're trying to, you know, outsmart your friends. And it's really, it's just, it's you versus your friends. It's who's fucking, uh, who's Fox here. And it's, it's a great fucking time. And if you can, if you, if you're the, the vampire hunters and you can catch Dracula early, more power to you. But then you have to fight Dracula without a lot of stuff. Oh, it's so good. It's it's a great game. I'll play, man. Fury of Dracula, like I said, like a lot of the games on my list, man, you put it in front of me, I'll be like, let's fucking do it. Yeah. All right, man. Number one, what you got? Uh, number number one for me is Mansions of Madness. We talked about this a little bit. Sounds with familiar. Yeah, uh, Mansions of Madness. I love it. I love the... the we played one, and I don't remember who the, the big bad was, but you would walk into a room touch something and then the room would disappear and you'd get sucked out of the room and it, like it literally was changing the map as you walked around the map it was oh, that was a good time it was one of the best like most in-depth games i'd ever seen on in that aspect and it was it's still one of my favorite like someone says let's play mansions i'm like oh yeah absolutely throw that down we're gonna play mansions i dig it man i definitely like mansions a lot uh, I mean, I've already said one of my piece yeah. of mansions. I fucking love it. Uh, it's a great game. Can't go wrong with that one. Um, I would honestly, I'd say it's a, I, I think you can get a lot of new players in because the game does a lot for you. Right. Like if there's one criticism that we have of mansions and that I've heard across the board, it's always like, well, the game kind of plays itself. Like yeah. you get two, you know, you get two, uh, two actions and you can go off and do whatever. So sometimes people can get a little bored if uh, there's combat or they feel like they get a little trapped in other sides. Man, it's a great fucking game though. Mansions of Madness Second Edition, man, what a fucking hit for. Uh, but it, all, it always it always seems to me too like even if you're getting stuck over here, you're trying to get over back over to where everyone else is at to help with the. Battles, oh, definitely. Or, you know, you oh, feel you feel like I'm stuck now. I need to go help. Honestly, I think the only problem you could run into with Mansions of Madness is just if the you play with somebody. God, sometimes, yeah. But I mean, I think if someone wants to skip through the story. Yeah. Because I think the story parts of Mansions of Madness are so fucking important. And the flavor text and like, you know, there's a a shuffling zombie and there's a noise over here. Because like the story elements you have to follow. There's a noise. Why is there ticking over here? Man, we better fucking figure this shit out. Because that's going to affect the game. Right. If you don't figure that out, all of a sudden you've got three turns later. Boom. Yeah, man. And one thing I I do like the fact that uh, all the mini games in there. Because, like, there's deduction games, and then you're trying to, like, move shit around, and it all takes place in that app, which I don't think we mentioned. It's just right. so fucking cool. Uh, and then my number one is Sentinels of the Multiverse. And this is how you got me into the game yep. gaming. Uh, that's how I got into the hobby. Uh, my buddy Aaron came over. He brought Sentinels of the Multiverse. We fought uh, Grand Lord, Warlord Voss. And I was Mr. Fixer, and I fucking fell in love with the game. Uh, pretty much some guys at Greater Than Games, uh, Sentinel Comic Games, they came up with... Uh, 
They wanted to play a superhero game. Yeah, they wanted to play a superhero game. They couldn't find one they really enjoyed, so they created Sentinels of the Multiverse. Uh, Kickstarted, fucking did fantastic. They just came out with the last expansion last year, uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse Oblivion. Uh, I have everything, man. I fucking Sentinels is my favorite game. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, you have a different hero deck. There's no customizing your hero decks. It's just you get what you get if you're Legacy, if you're Chrono Ranger, whatever. Whoever you are, you have a different deck. Every character plays completely different. You can play really complicated and play the Sentinels, which are four different heroes in one deck. Right. Or you can play very simple and play Haka, which is just go hit things. <laughs> Uh, you can play a very complicated villain who's trying to like bounce around, like the oh um, the visionary, uh, dark visionary is a great villain in the fact that you're trying not to kill the villain because it's one of the characters in the past and she's having nightmares and you're trying to stop the nightmares from killing her, or you could play a fucking just down and out brutal game against uh, dark legacy, an alternate dimension, uh, Superman esque character who's right. just you know he's trying to kill you. Or, you know, just simple uh, fucking Grand Warlord Voss where you're fucking out there and you're just like, boom, you're just, it's, you know, trade and blows, man. Who's going to win in that aspect? Such a great fucking time. Uh, you have three simple moves. You know, it's like you play your card, activate power. your power, and draw your card. And then play you go around the table. Control. There's environments that are, you know, they change things. Like sometimes you're playing in a man, city. Sometimes, sometimes the you're environments playing. in that game will fuck you up more than the villains. Oh, yeah, because like the, uh, some of the environments will really change some shit. Like there's one environment that'll fucking summon some dragons and shit. There's a crack in one of them. Uh, sometimes you're playing in a city. So like you'll get allies like police that'll help you uh, or you'll get villains that'll fucking come and help the villain. So it's just it's a very replayable game. There's so much to it. I think there's like 5000 some cards at this point. Wow. Um, I uh, I love Sentinels of the Multiverse. It is my favorite board game, my favorite tabletop game because it's not really a board game; it's a yeah. card game. <laughs> but still, that's but, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, uh, it is! It is my number one. <sighs> All right, man. I think uh, I think that's wrapping it up, man. We've been talking for about two hours. Sorry, guys. I knew this was going to be a beast of an episode. This was. We knew just from the news it was going to be a beast. Boy. Uh, all right, man. Uh, if you liked us, give us a rating. Hopefully, it's going to be five stars. Let us know what you think. Look for us on Facebook, Crow and Commandos, Instagram under Crow and Commando Rooster. And feel free to send us an email at crowandcommandos at gmail.com. With that being said, folks, uh, our outro today, our, our quote of the, of the week, if loss makes you doubt your belief in justice, then you truly then you never truly believed in justice at all. By Gail Simone. Mm, Wonder Woman comic. Wonder Woman comic. Good fucking quote, buddy. So you guys hear that, man. Make sure that you're uh, reevaluating what your fucking justice is. Right. All right, guys. This has been Rooster. And Squiggles. We'll catch you later. See ya.